This episode is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Guys, you can bet on everything over at MyBookie. Not a sports fan? Also not a problem. Over at MyBookie.ag, you can bet on things like politics, who's going to jump in the presidential race, who's going to fall out. You can bet on The Bachelorette. I know how you guys like to watch The Bachelor. All you crazies out there that are sitting there and actually believe that these people are falling in love. You can bet on, on what gold digger you think is going to hook up with some bachelorette or bachelor, it's all it's all ridiculous, but you can put your hard-earned cheddar down on stuff like that. You can put it down on, they got MMA fights almost every single weekend now between UFC and Bellator. We got March Madness coming up, and all you have to do is play. The minimum deposit is $45. Everything that you deposit, $100 and less, they match 50%. Anything $100 and more, they match 100%. So... You deposit $45, you get whatever half of 45 is. I'm not good at math. Uh, they give that back to you within a couple business days. They put that back into your account. So it's a ton of fun. Again, you play, you win, you get paid, even on things like who's going to win the presidential race in 2020. MyBookie.ag, guys, click the link in the bio and have fun. And please, please play responsibly. This episode is also brought to us by soldier socks soldier socks is doing great things out there they are really 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 making a difference i'm seeing it more and more if nothing else go follow them on instagram you guys will be so inspired by what they're doing when you buy a pair of socks they send a pair of socks to a service member and it says on the on the tag on the the pair of socks it says this pair of socks was presented by the person who bought them um so that's cool man it makes it kind of personal for the service member and uh I really like that you're doing that. You can go over to Soldier Socks, also a link in the description. Use code CAM10, bam, save you 10% off. Service member still gets their socks. You can't beat that. Um, so, guys, go over and support a good cause over there. Last but certainly not least, never least, B-Town CBD is, hanging, is uh, hanging out with us, supporting this show. We got big things coming with B-Town CBD. Uh, you guys, hopefully, are liking the review videos for the strain reviews. I think you guys have been. The numbers have been crazy on that, and I really appreciate you guys supporting that. And guys, if you need any sort of CBD, you guys know I prefer flour, but if you like the capsules, you like the oils, you like the edibles, you like whatever it is, the salves, the, the body rubs, all that, B-Town CBD is where it's at. You head over there, use code CAM20, saves you 20% off anything over $19.99. And, guys, their shipping is unreal. They're very, very fast. Guys, go over there. Support B-Town CBD with the link in the description. All right. Sponsorships taken care of. Today feels special. Today feels special because I have two very special men joining me in the studio. Some of my best friends that are out there. Tyler and Taylor Gentry, twin brothers. You guys have met them before. They've been on the show before, so if you want to listen to their first podcast do that after this and you can see kind of how their lives have changed since since uh we talked to them last but they're both very very ambitious brothers who operate on very different hard drives and i think you guys are going to see that as as our talk plays out here um they should be walking in the studio any moment now so welcome with me tyler and taylor gentry So you're telling me there's a chance. 
What's up, guys? Welcome back to this episode of the Road to Redemption podcast. It's your boy, Cam. We in this bitch. We are here with Tyler and Taylor Gentry, as promised in the promo of this episode. Guys, say what's up. Thanks what's up? How going? What's up? We can cuss on this show, right? Well, good. You can say whatever in the fuck you would like. Whatever in the fuck. Whatever in the fuck I didn't mean you would like. That. I'm trying to stop cussing. It's I'm, a struggle. Have you ever actually tried to do that where you've made a conscious effort to be like, okay, for the next good. seven days, I'm not going to swear? I'm currently sorry. I would argue I'm probably the more prudish of the group, and even for me, that's really hard. It's to not swear? Yeah, I can't. So I don't see you as a big swearer. Oh, I God. do I do oh. when I'm not recording. Uh, most of the time when I'm recording a podcast, I mean, obviously when you know when we're doing anything count for whom, we don't, but... Right, because that's not his thing. But generally, I think I've gone... Whenever I do press interviews, I just... I've There's just sort of this thing with my for lack of a better word, persona, that I don't cuss. Yeah. So uh, whenever I'm on the mic or I'm, like, in front of a camera, I just don't. That's exactly yeah. how I am. I don't cuss on there. I tried on that for a really on. long time, and it's hard. because. But the thing was, a big part of my draw used to be that you could bring your kids. Like, you could be scrolling through your stuff. I would pop up, yeah. and your kids could watch it. Now, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> because, because, like, what in the podcast space, you know, I pretty much assume kids are not listening to this. There, there are not young children who who would be so impressionable to be like, what, where did you learn that word? Right. And they're like, the Road of Redemption podcast. Yeah. They're not going to I would say it's, yeah, the demo is probably, you know, 15 to, you know. But even Instagram, I mean, it's, if you're old enough to be on Instagram, listen, I'm probably not the worst thing you're going to experience on your Instagram oh, feed, true. so. There's a lot of, yeah, gosh, yeah. There's a lot of young kids doing it nowadays. That's, it's young, young. Like Man. 12, 13 years old. Like, to me, that's too young to be on social When I started Instagram, I thought, I didn't have an Instagram until I was 24, 25. What? And it's because I thought that How only. Huh? How old are you right now? I just turned 27 two weeks ago. I didn't. I've I only didn't, had, yeah. I only had Facebook since I was like 17 because I was really late because you had already had one, Tyler. And then, like, I had MySpace. <laughs> I, had I mean, I had MySpace. I, had MySpace. I don't. I don't remember when I got it. Right, but I had. But I remember you had Facebook long before I did, and you basically kind of give me the old, you know, come on, old man, you need to upgrade. Right. So I got a Facebook in 2010. I've had one since. My whole thing has just been, I never had a point. I never had a purpose. Like, what am I gonna go? Oh, hey, this is me. I'm walking out of my thing, going yeah. to my nine to five. I didn't have like a side hustle. My Instagram actually made me more ambitious than I was. I would say that's everyone's thing now yeah if it weren't ever if it weren't for count Grahoon, i probably wouldn't have a social so account of any kind I, I, really don't. Don't. I granted i know i sound kind of hypocritical because i know on my on my personal instagram you know i take selfies every now and then and do that but that's really more like trying to get people more engaged in what i'm doing so that they can by proxy be interested in count Grahoon. but if it weren't for that <laughs> like if i were just you know, maybe somebody who was a little less ambitious, no pun intended. Um, I know I've said it twice. I, <laughs> I probably wouldn't be interested in having a social media at all because I'm just not that kind of, like, you can, I feel like most people out there can will be perfectly fine not knowing what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis. I, I've always been a social butterfly, though, so. I, well, I'm social, too, but at the same time, it's like, you know, <clears throat> you know, my group of friends might care what I'm doing, but outside of that, I mean... Does anybody really care what I'm what I'm up? To? The craziest part is when you realize that they do. 
when you realize that it's so strange to think about, but like if we were to hold it up right now, which I'll probably do here in a second, and show that what we're doing, hey, this is what we're going on to, people are like, oh, dude, that's dope as shit. They're yeah, in the studio, or like, oh, dude, it, it, I, I have nowhere near a following, but like I have people that I don't, I have no, like either I have no idea who they are and they're like, hey, man, you're killing And I'm like, I, first of all, I'm so grateful. But second of all, there's people that I've created. I mean, this is a prime example. Yeah. Yeah. I never would have known anything like if it wasn't for social media, we would not have a best friend. No, I, yeah, I think we found each other on a it was, Gold's Gym yeah, post thing, something like that. Yeah. And like, so you can't. Uh, it's not. There's not too much negative connotation to social media because I would. That again, I would have it because of that reasons like that. You know, it's getting that way for counter him. Like I, I get random comments, random messages yeah. from people. Yeah. Now, granted, I get a lot of like spam messages like, "Hey, you want to increase sure. your follower by fifty-one yeah. thousand? Right. But I, every now and then, I do get, you know, I'll get somebody who's like, "Hey, love what you're doing, keep doing it." Well, that's the spam of social media right now. Is it, it's so we don't think about it, but it is so fucking new. Like oh, ten years ago, true. when all of us were in school, we didn't have access to the kind of shit we have okay. now. So when you when people find others that they find interesting, and they may find you interesting for a week, they may find you interesting for the rest of your life, yeah, yeah. but they're like, okay, this is the new show that I yeah. watch. This guy in his life. And the problem is people go, well, I'm not that interesting. Yeah. So they start to flex, and they start to rent cars that they don't own, and they start to do these outlandish videos that are either dangerous or just, in my opinion, stupid. <laughs> You're like, but people flock to it. Oh, yeah, they're like, cool. oh my gosh, look at what that person's doing. And I think as a content creator, which we all are, we look at it very different. We're not looking at it as a viewer. We're looking at it as a content creation. Right. So when you have a video of some guy having a birthday cake and he just runs up and smashes it in a stranger's <laughs> face and it goes viral to us, you're like, that's ridiculous. Like, why would yeah, you treat but, someone like that right. just to get views? Right, right. But it works. But, dude, that's just, that's that's the downfall to the space, in my opinion. Like, I, I feel like, which is why I follow guys like you, follow guys like Cam and, and look, ta look tater stuff up and the stuff that I follow is just, you know, it, yeah, it brings like, value. It's valuable, it, it's, I guess. Like somebody walking up and smacking somebody in the face or, or, or pissing on people or weird stuff. Like, it, it's, 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 R.I.P. R. Kelly. I, 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 I did not pee on that girl. Yeah. I swear. R.I.P. R. Kelly in his whole career. Um, um, no, he'll be back. But it's like for every, oh, we'll for it. every one cam or for every one counter him like there's like three or four logan paul-esque kind yeah. of people yeah. and honestly man i've tried so hard to give that boy a break to, to, some, <laughs> to, to some people his content is credible and it's valuable and for a good laugh well, for like 12 years. if you're watching it for the sole thing of this is ridiculous like we used to watch jackass i don't know about you guys i, I loved it, jackass i hate it i remember watching but it. i watched it going this is insane like mm -hmm. this is absurd but see that's the thing the wow factor yeah everybody's wow factor is a, is a scale you know like to me my wow factor would be zero to hero sure by bringing value as far as positivity the and Rob creating Dittich, brands, the, the Rob Dittichs yeah. of the world, the Ed Milettes and the people that I look up to. And some people's wow factor is filming dead people in a suicide pool. Yeah. Like that to me is like, whoa, buddy. You're, you're just, whoa. You just you know? got to check yourself to me. Like, I think in the space, especially if you have an audience, <clears throat> with great power comes great responsibility. Whoa. When you have a space, you have to respect that people are actually listening oh, yeah. the things you say are going to affect the way that people see a Absolutely. certain situation and i think if you don't tread carefully in that space that's why we have the overcorrection we do now of every time somebody says anything that's off 
color, it's, oh, well, now I'm offended. Right. Because people keep seeing that their kids are watching the Logan right. Pauls and the whoever else, the the craziest ones were those people that used to dress up like clowns and run around and like smash watermelons. Yeah. That's hilarious. But it's until pretty- one of those people get shot and killed right. because he was doing something for a YouTube video. I like, watched that kid, uh, shoot, I can't even remember his name now, but he had a kid on his 16th birthday, he got an Audi R8 and he got reflective paint. I've seen those, yeah. And, and he was Crazy. like, today we're going to smash a skateboard to my windshield. And I, regretfully, <laughs> I fell in the wormhole and watched the video, and it was the most just ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Like, him and his friends staged this thing on Beverly Hills Boulevard. Like, all right, we're going to run up. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. You're going to grab the skateboard and smash my windshield. You're going to cause a riot, and we're all going to run. And I was like, To me, that's a talent wasted. Because you have the... But You're a director. I mean, you're a director. You have the talent to go, hey, this is what we need to do to pull this whole thing together and make a viral video. Why not do it for something not destructive, not wasting of a resource. Now, again, if Ferrari, the car you're smashing, is sponsoring the video and they're going to fix that's your shit. That's what I'm saying. Huh? Yeah. I mean, how can you be mad at it? I yeah. mean, that's the, that's what I'm saying. We don't know. I mean, I don't know the back end of it, but, like, it probably pulled in a whole bunch of money. And he even said, I, I can't remember the kid's name, but he even said at the beginning of the video, he was like, um, yeah, YouTube views are down, so you got you to gotta do this stuff to, to, to get the views. And it's like, and now you can't do that. So now YouTube. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's YouTube's guidelines have changed. You can't yeah, do pranks. I you can't do outrageous shit. I saw yesterday that uh, they're gonna start pulling it. Disney and a whole they pulled like millions of dollars of ad money again because mm-hmm. this happened last year, and they pulled money again because their Disney this movie's coming out was in front of like people flipping cars and killing people and just yeah. weird stuff. Yeah. So they don't want their ads in front of it. We don't tap that camera for me. That button. Um, well, and it's. <sighs> What we just talked about too, in the in the whole space of social media, the three of us just sat here and was crying, laughing at Oh Hello on Broadway, <laughs> and it's because as content creators, we're seeing the back side of the house, the front side of the house, the talent of it, right. what these guys had to do and become to make that possible. To me, to me, a seventeen-year-old kid flashing money that he didn't earn, but it's his parents' money. I'm like, there's no real talent in that. There's no real. Now, again, I'm a curmudgeon. I, I'm a full-fledged curmudgeon. When a something be A curmudgeon. It's somebody who, like, like when something becomes popular, I hate it. Oh. As, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. Yeah. Yeah. It depends on what it is. I mean, you've seen me go through that. Like, yeah, I was I with Christian was Guzman in his whole run, like, Max Tuning, yeah. until they hit that level right, when right. everyone's watching. And I'm like, I don't want to hear about it anymore. Yeah. Like, it's, mm-hmm. I, I it's, get it. It's old news when it's new, when it's new news type deal. Like, when it becomes new, you're like, oh, I've been watching that. Well, and when people take it so far, like, I ho- always hope that people listen to my message and they take the parts that apply to them, but I hope people never look at me as an example as to how to live your life. And people do that with him. They're like, well, I, I'm the outfleet and the ghost lifestyle. And it's like, you are just now Christian I mean, Guzman. You are not yourself liking the products that he likes anymore. You're, you're becoming I, him. <clears throat> So that way you can be a personality on social media. That makes sense. That's no. kinda, there was a podcaster I used to listen to, um, and, and this may be a little bit different about uh, what we're talking about, but there was this podcaster I listened to for a long time. Um, I primarily listened to him because I really liked his take on like the news and politics and economics and stuff. And stuff. But the last couple of years, like every now and then he'd throw in an episode that was like motivational, mm-hmm. and and, it, and they were really good. Like My favorite episode of his was like, a whole it was like a whole hour he just talked about his life story and it was just fascinating awesome. but then 
over the last couple of years, like, he kind of started to get, I would say, a little full of himself, and he started doing more and more of the motivational right. stuff. And he was attracting a lot of different kinds of people to his show that weren't exactly my demographic, per se. So yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just, it was a shift change that I didn't feel comfortable with. So right. over time, like, he actually completely rebranded his show. So, yeah. like, now he's only doing motivational. And so I kind of tuned him out. You found your stop on the bus, you know? Yeah. That's your time where, hey, the, the way that this show has grown, just like people do, you grew apart from that show. Mm-hmm. With the, where he was going. Because for a long time, he was my favorite podcaster. Like, that was my favorite show. Like, I would... Um, I don't want to say it out loud, okay. um, but he was uh, he was really good, and I and I still like appreciate him because like he because I he actually offered a really good podcasting course that I took, um, and it was and it was good stuff. Like he gave solid information, but it just I don't know. So that leads right into what we were talking about before we started the show. We all said, "Well, let's save this for the podcast, <laughs> the art of podcasting." Because now we can officially say you recorded the first episode. We are all podcasters in here. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, it feels great. It's <laughs> it's such a unique space. Yeah. Because literally right now it's three dudes, and we're not talking any differently than we were before the camera started recording. We're talking about the same shit, and people just go, "Hey, I want to tune in. I want to be a fly on the wall in that." People look and go, well, this is an easy thing. You just hook up a mic and you start talking. It's not. It's, it's, I think all three of us can say how hard no, yeah, it is. It, you have to be able to, because what we were talking about is we're literally talking to each other and we're bouncing ideas mm-hmm. around, but we're talking to an audience that's not in the room. Right. We're, we're giving different pieces of context that maybe you would not if we were just sitting here talking. You know, you're explaining through things more. You're, you're being recorded. For some people, that's enough to yeah. mentally that's, just yeah. send the conversation off the rail. And people now, the space is becoming very saturated. Yes. yes. I mean, it's just like anything else. Like when when Facebook became a thing, everything, everyone had a Facebook. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like Instagram. Yeah, when YouTube. Yeah, Everybody, like, I mean, I've got YouTube. a YouTube channel. Right. <laughs> I mean, everyone has YouTube. I think it's my theory, and I mean, this is my opinion, it, it, it's the same thing with business with social media, with just anything in general, like the cream always rises. Like anybody, and I, and, and this is a mindset thing, like a, a thing that I try and steal in myself and, and people that I you know talk to on a daily basis, learned it from Ryan Dirtbikes was champions are always made on their bad days. Anybody can do anything good on their good days, but when you're having a shit full day and everything's going wrong, that's when a true champion comes about, you know? So... In my opinion, everyone's like, oh, I'm starting a podcast, or I'm doing this for social media, and I'm going to do this. Like, Of it. course, mm-hmm. it's going to be good when it's good. Sure. Of course it is. I follow, I follow a woman on uh, Instagram who's been talking about launching her podcast for over a year, and she hasn't right. done anything. Right, and that's that's what I'm saying. Most people, oh, it's this, or oh, it's this, or oh, I'm going to do it when I do this, and people wait for the right time. People, do, mm-hmm. and I'm, I mean, speaking for myself, like I'm a victim of, I'm going to do this whenever I get my shit together. And I, I was telling Taylor on the drive up here. Like that too. Nobody has their shit together. So no, if you no. wait till you have your shit no. together, you're gonna be mm-hmm. 75. Like, I mean, I really wish I would have done that. And, that, and that's that kind of mentality. <coughs> that is why I would argue uh, why I I think I'm not as far along as I could be because I was in that mindset for a long time about right. well, you know, if I get this right, you know, then I'm ready to do this. You know, I, as soon as I get to point A, then I can get to point B. That that thing. always uh, you know kind of off topic, but that's always astounded me. Because how you are when you do that, I am the exact opposite. 
I will put every iron I have, throw it in the fire, and but, if they just don't work, I'll just pull it the thing is, like, it, just at, keep going. At some point, like, it's good to have, like, a plan and have phases to that plan to get to it, but at some point, you just got to do it. Right. And that's what I did. I right. just, over the last couple of years, I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I don't have anything else to lose. Let's, Let's just, just do, do it. it. Right. Well, and I talked about that pretty recently, where that's just how things happen. Yeah. You, things literally yeah. happen because when you're in a space, now, what? What separates people that last and the people that don't is mm-hmm. you fall in love with the actual process. Right. Yes. Everything mm-hmm. about this process, to setting up the studio, mm-hmm. to the mic, to hitting record, to just hanging out, I love this right. process. Editing, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, I can make this cooler by doing yeah. this. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Even on the worst day, I mean, I, shit, I think it was two episodes ago, I walked in the studio, and I, mm-hmm. I sent you my the notes that I had yeah. for this episode. I had nothing. nothing. I had nothing. Mm-hmm. I was sick. I had had every reason to get on here, bitch, moan, and complain about mm-hmm. what was going on in my life. And this, and I sat in front of the mic, and I went, one, two, three, record, and I'm like, fuck. I got nothing. See, that right there, nothing. that just it warms my heart, sets a fire under me, because I, I'm a firm believer in dirt bikes has created. My, this whole mindset's dirt bikes. It always has been. But that champions made on their bad days thing, like, it's relationships, business, friendships, Literally, you give me one thing, and champions are made on their bad days. If you want to succeed at something, you have to do it when you're sick, when your girlfriend breaks up with you, when your dog dies. Like <laughs> to me, the outlet of building businesses, doing podcasts. If my like when my best friend died, the only thing that I had to keep me going was the thought of like he wanted to do something with me and build a business. So guess what I'm doing? And it was almost essentially an outlet versus something that's like, oh, I can't do this. You know, it's just that mindset to me, is what creates greatness. Like Over the last month, <laughs> I've been sick with an upper respiratory infection. Mm-hmm. You got the clap. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I got the clap. Jimmy Dugan. Okay. That, that's good advice. <laughs> League, uh, of uh, advice. League of Their Own Reference. Yeah. No one knows. Now, you, uh, you and I kind of sort of got dumped. And was there a third thing? I'm sure. I'm just kidding. Life uh, just, no, no, life I, just I, wasn't I happening. The way you wanted right. it to. Well, it, yeah, but let's just say that. Yeah. But in the midst of all that, I just, I had crap to do. Right. Like, there's there's editing to be done, there's emails to be sent, there's show prep to be done, there's rehearsal schedules to be made. And, and, and granted, I have not taken care of myself properly. <laughs> I know that. And there's a lot of people that have come up to me who I love dearly, who love me, and they're like, dude, you got to slow down. Yes, don't you know you're going to be out you're going to push yourself too far you're going to be out longer but it's like i, I hear you I don't have time. you know what but i can't yeah. you know what i, I said zero time to slow down you right can now. slow down and it's mm-hmm. super cliche but like you can slow down when you retire honestly mm-hmm. like i look at my grandfather and everything that that man's mm-hmm. done you know like it's time for him to slow down he's 78 years old 79 79 his knees don't work his fucking arms don't work but that dude i mean he played for the yankees he owned mm-hmm. the sounds of all things to own. Like yeah. the dude has had stress, but when you look at it that way, it's like you can. Like, and mm-hmm. I always look at it growing up with looking at dad. You know, like military guy had, was essentially keeping up the house for us, doing out yard mm-hmm. work stuff like that. I've seen that dude literally bedridden. Most people would be dead, yeah. and him being like, "I just got stuff to do, man." And it's like, "Well, shit, if he can do it, I, I, guess like, I need to do it." I know? I um I shot a movie <laughs> yesterday. It was on set for like almost ten hours. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, I got there super way earlier than I should have, but for whatever reason yesterday, I, 
I woke up at four o'clock and I just couldn't go back to bed. I would have had to go in that early because yeah. I've been so, right. shit I mean, yeah. so I, was, I was just like, you know what? Screw it. Um, I can't go back to sleep. I'm just going to go ahead and get ready, head on up there, kind of get there early in case I can't find my way around campus. Glad I did that because I could not find my way around the place. But I still, I was still four or five minutes early before call time. Right. I got there at like 8.15. I was there from eight. I was there from basically eight fifteen to like seven fifteen at night. We wrapped shooting at ten till six. Kind of stayed a little over because uh, there was some really bad weather, so I was kind of riding. I was trying to ride it out, but yeah. And that the was, funniest thing about that whole thing, I got a text at like nine p.m. the day before, and he was like, "Hey, I'm playing this hipster." Uh, entrepreneur in this movie, I need some of your clothes. And I was like, wow. Like, well, I'm going to kill myself. Hurtful. Thanks. Yeah. That's hurtful. First of all, thanks, dickhead. Yeah. Second of all, yeah, sure, I'll be also, fine. Also, you know where my closet is. You didn't need to say yeah. that hurtful shit to me. Yeah. You could have just yeah. gone in. How about this? I don't have any clothes. Yeah. Douche. Yeah. That was, that was hilarious. Well, it, so going back to what we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, that was off to, um, in the In the space of it all. I think, too, when you talk about the people, think of the biggest names doing this right now. Joe Rogan, Gary V, Andy Frisella, uh, and there's plenty of others. I don't listen to the history ones. Yeah, I don't listen to the political ones because I just couldn't give a shit right. less. But that's what's big in my space. Not my space, but the space it, that it, I operate in. The space in. of Kim Williams. The space that I operate is, in. I, is my space? No, Justin Timberlake bought my space like four years ago, uh, and he never did shit with Nothing? it. Nothing? Nothing. Um, he played in that movie. He played in that Facebook movie. He was like, yeah, you know what? He I'm going to buy yeah, my space did. and try and flip it around. Touche, Justin. But what I noticed, <laughs> well, and again, I talk about this all the time. Maybe you guys can help me brain bug this out. Sure. When you get the Gary V's and the Andy Frisillas and the Lewis Houses and the that's uh, who else? I heard a thing about him the other day. Yeah, yeah. well, you know. Go ahead. But that's the thing. You you can't be that guy all the time. It's bullshit. You're not the Gary V. You're not the Andy Frisilla, which is the come on motherfuckers. It's yeah, just, that's... you're not that guy all the time. So if if every time you come into the studio and I hit record, I've got to be that. To me, that's easy. I can act because I I can do that. That's in my wheelhouse of things. I can act, but I feel like I'm doing the person on the other side of the camera a disservice because sure. on the day that I feel like shit, life happened to me. I have thirty lessons in there that I could tell. And, but in my head, I'm going, dude, no one wants to hear you, bitch. I no think, though, one wants I think to though, the people, the, the reason that they listen to your platform is because of the realness and things like that. And and mm. I have I know, my business partner knows Andy, and yeah. he doesn't particularly care for the sure. style or what it is. Sure. But he would tell you that Andy's that guy. All the all time. time. Yeah, right? that's probably who but, he is. So I look at it as two different things. Most of the time, people come to your space and Taylor's space and my space and other people's spaces, the Andy's, the Lewis's, to get nuggets. And they take what the, they want. Well I mean, that's what I'm saying. Content, Most of those is, people yeah. take everything that you're saying and, and, and bring it in. So it doesn't matter to them <clears throat> it doesn't matter to them whether you're in a good mood, a bad mood, if that's who you are when you're on the street or not. It just mm-hmm. matters of the nuggets that they're grabbing from what they're listening to. I think personally where all of these things are going, like influencer marketing, podcasting, all this stuff is going is people look for the real anyway. So if you've had a shitty day, people expect you to say, listen, I've had a really crappy day and I don't really feel like doing anything and, you know, and people expect to get nuggets from that. So I think that's where it's going. I mean, again, I'm not somebody special by any means, but. I think, what's up? No, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think too, it's just. People get tired of the same bullshit. Right. 
Because I can sit on here. We all. You have a wand. You need a wand. Oh, you want one without it? Yeah. I got one right here. Is that what this is? Yeah. Um, people sit there, and they're like, okay, you know, I've heard this. I know what you're going to tell me. I need to hustle. I need to grind. I need to do this. But what about the day that I feel like dog shit and life is really happening to me? That, that, again, where some people are made for podcasting, some people are not. You cannot turn this microphone on and bitch about your life. It's not going to work. No one wants to sit in a room and listen to you bitch about your right. life. What you have to be able to do is objectively work shit out on the mic. You have to give the, <clears throat> this is what I would do in my headspace right now. And then 10 minutes later, on the same microphone in the same episode, you're going, I'm a fucking moron. That makes no sense to do that because that's only self-depreciating and I'm going to do myself no good by getting... Taking that ride is something people will do. They'll take the ride with you. If they know, because of your track record, that you're going to come to a place of, okay, that was helpful. I think Count Drahoon bitching and complaining about his life might make for an interesting episode. Count Drahoon, but again... He's so had a long life. In that space... He's got a lot to bitch about. In that space, could you imagine how funny that would be? They'd be pretty funny. A couple hundred year be, old, I don't know how old he is, but... So he's like over 1,500. Okay, so a couple so he's thousand years. Crazy stuff. So yeah, like listening to that character do that would be hilarious. <laughs> but again, me as a guy sitting in front of a recording, you know, they'd be like, dude, what the fuck? I don't know, man. Like, like I said, if, if you're falling into that self-help, self-development thing, you know, most people, I don't know. I It's, it's hard to say because my mind says like, I know my lows are low, so hearing someone else that have low lows. Yeah. I feel like on the road to redemption, you're going to have, I mean. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, when, when you're, you're on a road, I mean, you're going to hit potholes. It's not like, it's gonna, not a straight line. It's like a circle. You're going like to go off the main road a little bit, <laughs> weird detours. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I'm, God, this, I'm being so cliche That was right very now. cliche. But, that was so cliche. Um, that's a YouTube but clip. All that, <laughs> but all that stuff came into when I when I thought of the name Road Redemption. All that stuff was like, mm-hmm. well, that makes sense because right. I'm a fucking mess. And if you look like there's part of 24 right now, which is a road, that is torn to shit yeah. in the back. I mean, it is jacked up. But you still take the road. You learn. Okay, I don't go that See, way. See, that's, that's where I... Maybe not go 75 miles an hour when I'm going over a pothole. Maybe kind of slow down and Maybe go faster. Or when mm-hmm. things are in the middle of the road, you don't have to speed over them. You can slow down, mm-hmm. assess the situation. You know, there's. Right. That's where I think in your space and on on the Ambition podcast and other podcasts like that, it's almost acceptable to say I've had a really crappy day and work it out to where somebody like Taylor, who's a storyteller, I was gonna doing, say I've got this weird mental image. It's like you know, oh, you know, I, I talk about ambition. I you know, I talk about. <laughs> I talk about getting right with yourself and a path forward. I play a vampire. Yeah, <laughs> right. So it's a little different. It's a little different. It's a little different. So people, when I go to Taylor's, I'm not, I don't want to hear about his day. I want to hear a good story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To where you, I go on there to listen, like maybe Cam could help me out today. You know, yeah. that's the same, same thing with the ambition. I, my goal with it is to to hear these success stories of like, I started here and did this and then failed here and failed here and failed here and now I'm here and it's like, whoa. But I've been there. I can relate to that. Let's turn my life. That's around the and... amazing thing about collaboration, though, is because if the three of us turn this mic off right now, reset, you know, went back to the drawing board, and our whole goal was to make 
a Count Drahoon podcast where he's bitching about his day, we would do it, and it would be phenomenal. I mean, again, we'd take it the whole level. His hair would be all fucked up. He's sitting here just Makeup run. With, with a thing of whiskey in his hair or something. Like, we would take it to the point where people would be like, that was the funniest thing ever. Yeah, and on a day where otherwise Taylor would have had nothing to do in the right. studio... He just creates this masterpiece that people are like, wow. <laughs> Again, not everybody can do that when you have to be able to sit behind a microphone, tell your woes, and make it entertaining somehow. I, I would agree. You know, that would be a Man, talk about a... We should write that down. I think that would be a hilarious episode. For those of you... So tell them about the podcast. <laughs> I mean, they, they heard you last time, and a lot yeah. of people, that's still one of people's favorite episodes. But for the people that may have joined since then... Uh, yeah, because you've had a lot of people that have joined you since that that first. Yeah. Who would have known Cam the Man is a, Cam is a podcaster? That was the first, um, wasn't it? Was that the first episode we did? That was one of them. Like I think it was episode two. three. Yeah, it's, it's, like like two, three. A, it's like the first five. Yeah. Um, look at that. This is 76. Look, look at the Hall of Fame. No one's on him except, That's it. except us. That's yeah. it. There's a, there's a nice picture right yeah. here. Yeah, nice. got my father-in-law's yeah. grandfather or something. That's yeah. nice. That's real nice. So yeah, tell them about Count Drahoon and kind of what they can expect. Well, that's kind of, well, the thing is like... I know you're kind it, of in a transition it, it, phase. Expect the unexpected. That's yeah. Uh, wow, that's a really good way of putting it. But I mean, it is, because like, I mean, I have an eclectic show. Uh, that's just, that's I like variety uh, probably a little bit more than most people should, but I do. I like to give people a lot of options. Yeah. Um, so with my show, the way I describe it, it is a horror comedy... Um, podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, we typically do what you would call audio plays. Uh, another word for that would be radio dramas. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're, if you know anything about like old time radio, like Orson Welles's The War of the Worlds and The Shadow, Inner Sanctum, those old, you know, plays that would be on radio, you could listen to them. That's essentially the same format. Mm. Um, now we don't do. We don't do like old radio dramas that have already been done. Like this is all. It's all new stuff. It's original all original content. content thing. Most of the episodes that you that you hear, I wrote them. Every now and then, uh, like my friends will contribute episodes, but for the most part, um, uh, I've written most of the episodes. Uh, basically, my alter ego is Count Rahoon. Uh He's a 1,500-year-old 15, 15, uh, uh, vampire who has a wide collection of horror stories. Uh, some are scarier than others. Some are just outright hilarious. And has a Frankenstein-type son. Yes. yes. Um, and a lot of times, uh, his son, Daryl, will kind of come into the fray. Who is hilarious. Shout yes. out to that Daryl. Zach. Daryl is, Zach is funny. What a name. You know? Funny. So a lot of times, whenever he's in the episode, it's usually stories from Drahoon's past right. or just sort of these weird adventures they kind of go on to from time to time. Or something that's going on inside the castle that they live in. Right. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, they met a gay mummy. That was wonderful. They actually had to have an incredible shrinking sub to go into the bladder of a wiener dog yeah. to fight Holly, a, a monster yeah. outside. What? <laughs> so, uh, you know, things like that. Now, I mean, you know... Some, you know, we tell lighthearted stories like that, but a lot of times we go into like really oh, yeah, dark territory. Like, yeah. um, I'm Me actually. Hank is the best one ever. 
that a roast familiar is real close. Meat hang is good. I think this next one that I'm working on uh, might be darker than uh, Rose Familia. Wow. The coolest thing about your show is yes, it's all original content. You can you pick up on the vibe of what you're getting very very quickly because you're you're listening to a movie essentially. And you can't see it, but you imagine it in your mind because and that, that's kind of that's how I wanted. It. Yeah, I the noises it. in the background. I mean, you have foot. Uh, feet crunching leaves you've got the the wind the and you've got everything so in that and then also very early into the story you may be introduced to a character that's like anything else you're being introduced to it but also you may meet a character that you've heard of or you know as in like um death rides a pale horse kind of thing where you've heard that before you may not know the whole story behind it you may not but you know what that is you know the headless horseman he may show up and you know you mentioned you mentioned uh, death rides a pale horse so that one is based off of a jeffrey chaucer story called the partner's tale um i actually do i like to take uh, old stories from the past um and public domain of course and then i, sure. I tweak them a little bit kind of make them at least a little bit more modern than what the original story was. Um, our next audio story is going to be a rendition of uh, Edgar Allan Poe's The Cask of Amontillado. Oh, See, I don't know what that is, Edgar but Allan I will after I listen Allan to that story. So, so I did something. So the, I, the story, um, it's, it's a revenge story. Um, it's about, I'm spoiling it here, but it's about... Don't. Yeah, I wouldn't, let these I wouldn't spoil. You don't want to spoil. Okay. Give a teaser. Well, yeah, okay. Well, it's more. it's a good. It's yeah, a classic yeah. classic revenge story. Um, I tweaked it a little bit. Instead of it being set in the 1800s in Italy, it's actually set in the 1960s in Italy, and mm. it has to do with the mafia. Mm. So, yeah, I'm excited for that one. That one's gonna be dope. Um, but yeah, so like we have things like that. I also do interviews uh, with different guests. Uh, Big into the monster scene. Just either. Some sort of monster sci-fi or horror-related content. So you know, we did. I did an interview with the creators of King Falls AM, which is a really popular audio drama podcast. Um, it's really, it's a really funny show. It's really well written. Um, I've also done interviews with a lot of horror filmmakers, uh, mostly indie, of course. And um, heck, I've even done. I did an interview with a guy who just owns it, like a nonprofit film collective. He just shows like rare and obscure movies in New York. Mm. So you know it, it's a wide variety as long as it's some sort of horror related thing. But it's in that space, right? Yeah. Um, so I do, you know, like I said, I, I like variety. It's a different. I don't think there's any other show that offers all of that. That offers interviews and audio dramas. <laughs> yeah. I don't um, think. And then we also we we have expanded the last year or so. We're doing live shows, um, and right now you mentioned we're kind of in a weird transitional period i'm actually sh changing off of websites right now so that count Rahoon has his own Dang. wordpress site and uh, i'm also waiting to hear back from several venues in the area i live in um to, to see if they're actually going to give us a uh, the go-ahead to perform at their respective theaters so in all that stuff that you do <laughs> i need to take drink and <laughs> <laughs> all that stuff that you do and this same thing goes for you and i definitely try to pay attention to it as well do you notice that the audience changes from an episode where it's an interview, or, or is it pretty consistent? You get the mm -hmm. same kind of same amount of listeners from an interview that you would a story. It, you know, it kind of depends. Um, I mean, I get good traffic whenever we get a good story. Yeah. But depending on who the guest is, um, a lot of times, bring in like yeah, they'll. I try to interview guests that have a larger following than me. 
community sure, yeah, so that I can smart. leverage off their... Um, of it's huge in podcasting. Yeah, and it, and it definitely helps. And fortunately for me, since there is such a close proximity in the kinds of things that we do, uh, a lot of those folks that come in for like the first time to listen to whoever they're following, most of them stay right. because sure. they, they like what they're hearing. Well, so they're in a similar realm. You didn't right. pull somebody from a sports podcast and right. interview right. them on yours. Yeah. But, I mean, I do... Every now and then, I do kind of, you know, pull people that, you know, I at least I wouldn't think, you know, would be in, interested in the kind of show that I do. Um, well, and that's the beauty about what I do is I can talk to anybody. Yeah. I well, can you, do you're, whatever you're pretty, uh, how I want. You have a wide variety of, of SHIT to talk about. Man. Well, because you need to curb yourself. Um, <laughs> the, the thing is, my, my weakness, a lot of people see it as a weakness. Where I went from heavy into guns and the beards and the veteran community, and then I was big into the, the <laughs> I was big into physique and bodybuilding and fitness, and then now I'm kind of just a podcaster that trains MMA. Right. From and I, you know, I did theater in school, and I did, you know, I've played drums my entire life, so I can I can operate in multiple spaces right. where it was seen as a weakness right. until a platform like this opens. You just have to be able to work to your strengths, and you got to be able to mm-hmm. not talk about shit you obviously don't know anything about, because then right. you're going to get exposed as a phony. But you have to be able phony. to. What <laughs> phony? You got to be able to sit down and just go, okay, when am I still enjoying doing this? Because right. the day I don't enjoy doing this anymore, you turn it off and you, you and wrap it up. Mean, yeah, you wrap it up. I'm, I'm glad you said that because I feel like um, I feel like before this, you know, the whole platform for podcasting and for just you know, the internet, online content creating. I feel like before before all that, I would have ideas that, you know, the kinds of ideas that I have now, but I basically have no outlet to get them out yeah. there. Yeah, it's definitely um, stepped your game up. And, well, it's that, and it's just, you know, I, growing up, it wasn't a very common thing for a young kid to be interested in old black and white monster movies. It still isn't. And... It kind of makes you feel a little isolated because you know you you want to talk about Lon Chaney and Bella Lugosi to your friends, but your friends have no idea who these guys are. Right. So the internet is you know not only has it opened the realm of possibilities for me to reach other folks out there with the kinds of tales that I have, but you know you can also reach out to to people that you know actually like those kinds of movies and you can just you know have a sense of camaraderie with those folks well there's there's no shortage of content out there so you can literally there's a pool for everybody you can become a part of a community in anything yeah Yeah, literally anything in your life that you enjoy no matter some people need to take it easy on some of the things they enjoy if you're out there kissing feet, there's a community of that. Yeah, as weird as that is, let's not get too crazy. Yeah, let's not get too wild. It's not my but thing. but it's my thing. there's a community in everything. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. are you willing to put yourself out on Front Street and go, hey, I'm into this. This is what I do. This is who I am. And then you just find that there are people that are like, hey, man, the crazy shit you're doing, I dig that. Yeah. Or I, I have the same thoughts and I never did it, and now you're doing it. Now I'm doing it. Like it's a. This is a good. This is a good analogy. A friend of mine taught me once. Um, he was telling me about a video that he watched and he, my friend happens to be a pastor so he, he used this in a sermon of his um, he was watching some YouTube video of this guy in some park somewhere he, had, he, he was a drummer like a Congo drummer and he had like a whole line of drums just surrounding him and he just starts 
No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm getting that mixed up with something else. Guy starts doing this crazy dance in the park. He's just dancing. This, mm-hmm. It's this weird thing, and people are just kind of stopping to look. And he... No, no, I'm sorry. The conga... It's the conga drummer. He's doing the drum, and then the guy's doing a crazy dance. Got it. So, and everybody's just kind of passing by and just looking at all of this craziness. And at the pivotal moment of this video, there's another guy that comes up and just starts doing the same dance. So these two people are dancing, and the conga drummer keeps drumming, and then finally another person joins in. Like slowly, a flash surely. Kind of And deal. then before you know it, the whole part's just... It's crazy that yeah. everyone's dancing. And the point that he was making is that when you have something that you want to put out there, a message, a product, whatever, it's not that first customer that is the making or breaking point. It's that second person oh, yeah. that's okay. the maker or breaker. That's because good. you're yeah, going to have somebody true. that's going to try what you do, Yeah. but if you can have more than that one somebody, that's an audience. That's an audience. Well, that's how you change the world. And I was just, mm-hmm. I was literally just watching something yesterday, and I can't remember what it was, but it's... That's virality. Oh, it was mm-hmm. that new um, documentary on Netflix called Insta Famous. These people are—it's it's fucking terrible. These people are <laughs> goddamn morons, and the fact that they're fucking famous sends me over the edge. But what they're saying is, you will get famous or get notoriety now, like we talked about in the beginning, for doing dumb shit. Right. There's a big fat guy, and all he does I is disrespect the shit out of people. Yeah. And he disrespects mm-hmm. the shit out of people and then says that he's doing it to promote love. It's like, okay, that guy goes viral because you're looking at him, me, me, going, that's a jackass. Mm-hmm. That guy's a jackass, but like a train wreck, I can't not watch it for some reason because I watch it going, this guy's an idiot. He's mm-hmm. a moron. When you, but to, to your point, one person saw that video. And either send it to their friends going, look how fucking stupid this is. Or look at this guy, this is funny. Legend. And then it goes two, six, yeah. 12. Spreads. And then it goes insane where these people are talking about they wake up the next day, they have 3,000 followers. They wake up, they have 30,000 because somebody just started to talk. Look at this. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not your thing, I know who he is. I mean, that's how I found Gary Vee, dude. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and now you look at Gary Vee, everybody knows Gary Vee. Everybody knows who he is. At the point a couple years ago when... The, I mean, obviously, since Tony Robbins and really even before them, I'm I'm reading Thinking Grow Rich right now. And Tony Robbins is kind of the OG of the right, but that's what I'm saying. Mindset. It started back in the 70s and 80s, and even this book I'm reading now is Who, who's the author of the one you're talking uh, about? It's you Napoleon it? Hill. Napoleon Hill was a assistant to Andrew Carnegie, who was uh, big in the steel realm. Yeah, yeah, um, and Carnegie and billions and billions and billions of dollar. Yeah, Andrew Carnegie. Was, I mean. A genius, but anyway, super rich. You know the the self development space started so long ago, and that's I mean it's pretty much how it started. You know, a couple years ago is when I got into it, and it seems like now everybody knows who Gary is, and it seems like now that you know, you, me being in it two or three years, the first person I discovered was like a Tony Robbins, and people are just now. Yeah. You know, like people are just now are like, dude, have you heard Tony Robbins this? And yeah. have you seen I'm Not Your Guru on Netflix? I was like, yeah, I've seen it. 15 times. Yeah, I've like, watched it a thousand speaking times. Of, speaking of Napoleon Hill, I haven't read that, but I have read excerpts from the Gospel of Wealth by yeah. Andrew Carnegie. Yeah, yeah, and I've heard that's, they mentioned that. In the book. It's good. I mean, it, his, the overall thing is, is just the idea of like, you know, there's nothing wrong with getting rich and being prosperous, but the thing is, like, as someone who is affluent and has influence and power, it is your responsibility to do good. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That was the whole 
Prince yeah. is. That's actually it touches on and that like, a lot. And like, and Carnegie did he did a lot of good yeah, things. Yeah, like he built libraries, he built schools, Absolutely. he built Carnegie Hall. Yeah. You guys keep this rolling. I'm gonna take a rest. And he just did it out of good. He did it essentially like I'm sure I, he may have gotten like you know tax breaks and stuff, but I mean he did. But do I mean a lot of it's not thing. for the most part he didn't do it just for the tax breaks. I mean, as you far as I know, you don't build multiple libraries. For no, it's with the kind of money that he had. Oh man, still probably. I mean, the guy's been dead for years, but and I mean, he's got a lot of money still. Sure. Yeah. You know, no pun intended with the steel stuff. But now that Cam's taking a a, a break, mm. this podcast rules. Yeah, this podcast is pretty gosh darn shabby. <laughs> They're not too shabby. God, I can't yeah, talk to I don't me. know what you're what. Shabby. It's not too shabby. This podcast is just shabby. It's not shabby is what I'm trying to say, but I'm not saying it good. The conversation was over when Cam left. Thanks, Cam. Yeah, the conversation. I, I don't know what we do now. Do we just talk about uh, stuff? I don't know. Baron stuff. Bear stuff. It's good, I guess, because it helps people. <laughs> Sorry, as soon as Cam's back now. But, yeah, Cam's back. You guys so like how I just bail out on yeah, the just don't, uh, just don't repeat any of this. Yeah. What do you, oh, you guys, t- okay. Nothing happened. Oh. Nothing, nothing happens. We'll nothing have to listen to that one and what do you, what do you, Why do you think people... Is this what you guys are talking about, or you're switching? This is, this is switching. Well, it, it kind of goes off what we were just talking about. Well, why do you think people, like you said, um, this, you know, with all that wealth, it's not bad, to, and that's my opinion, it's not bad to want wealth and no. money, and a lot of people Well, have, it kind of scares me a little bit. That there but are, why do you there, think... There are people out there who are, so who are literally say? trying to limit... How much yeah. wealth you can accrue? Like right. that's just not. And look, like I don't. I'm not a money guy, and what I mean by that is like you know I, I'm not doing what I'm doing all for the money. Right. Like clearly not, because I mean <laughs> that was the case. You've been gone a long time. Yeah, but I'm about to go hacky as fuck on y'all. Continue. But I just I don't like the. Oh, I'm gonna tear this shit up. I just don't like the idea of somebody trying to limit your success. And I'm like just trying to tell you, it's like, well, no, you know, that's it's just it's too much. Like you just need that's to what stop. I'm saying. Why why do you think people? You're gonna pigeonhole people. It's well, like, why do you think only people, gonna be so much? There there's and I'm not gonna name any names, and I hope this person doesn't listen to this podcast. I'm gonna pull a loop de loop on what he just that's said, right. but I want to. Um, but I got in a in a debate with this person a long time ago. I hope they do listen. Whoever you are, fuck you. No, 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 not at all. Because it's honestly, it's helped me a lot. But um, we were driving the road down the road, and 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 I we were driving by this house, and I, and still to this day I drive by this house, and it's the most beautiful house I've ever seen. And I was like, you know what? That's there it is, right there, you know. You're and again, that. I'm a very visual. Is that what you're saying? I'm gonna own that house. Yeah, like that's that's, that's mine. Like yeah. I'm going to buy that exact sure. house. But you're a person of manifestation. Well, too. that too, right? Yeah. So, and I believe fully. Like it's easier for me to say I'm going to buy that house or that car or this thing. It's not necessarily that that's my sole purpose, but those things are the things that I want. I have a very expensive taste. Yeah. You know, just all this other stuff. Well, she was like, well, well, I didn't mean to say she, but. This person was like, um, you've been outed. <laughs> this person was like, well, you don't need all that, and I was like, no, I don't need all that. Like, I need food, I sure. need water, and love. Mm. You know, that's pretty. You know, and and I'm pretty religious, and I was like, well, God wants us to have everything that you know, everything our heart desires. You I know? think you're spiritual. And, right, right. I would not count you as a religious. Okay, individual. spiritual. I think you're very spiritual. Whatever. Spiritual. <laughs> I love the Lord. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I was like, you know, God wants us to have everything our heart desires, and if. As long as I have good in my heart, like mm-hmm. your intention for 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 if I got a hundred million dollars in the bank, a hundred dollars in the bank, 
if I got $10 in the bank and you came to me and said, dude, I need 10 bucks, I would 150%, I wouldn't even question why you needed it. Yeah. Even if it was cocaine, whatever, if you get... By the way, just a disclaimer: If you get cocaine for ten bucks, you better get me. When you're bargain, when you're bargain shopping, and you often call friends and go, "Hey, they right. got Cheetos ten for <laughs> yeah. ten bucks. Right. Do you need?" Right. One? That's not on just the positive stuff. Yeah. No. But anyway, um, it, it's just that's just my sole purpose is, like, I'd give you the shirt off my back, no questions asked. Sure. Whether if I had hundred million or literally hundred pennies, it doesn't matter. And I was like, God wants you to have everything your heart desires. And this person was like, yeah, but having that stuff is not what he wants for you. And I was like, first of all, it's not your, like, that's not your judgment. That's up to, yeah. you know, my, my path. That's yeah. me, you know. And I, like, I felt some type of way about it. And I still let that, like, I let it bother me some because... They always say money is the root of all evil and all this stuff, and I believe it's not money that's the root of all. It's the love. It's of the money love of money, right? And it's like I don't love money, and I don't love Lamborghinis like I love my brother and my friends and my family and the feeling I get when someone comes to me and is like, "Dude, you kept me from killing myself." Like those are the things that I want to do. So stuff that matters, that right? Yeah. But if I could do that and have a Lambo and a dope house, like sure. I'm not mm -hmm. gonna not, you know, and. I, I felt really, um, really judged by that, and I was wondering what your, and I've never asked, I don't think I've ever asked you that, but mm -hmm. I know I've asked you a couple times, like, me pointing at Tiger for those who can't see, I know I've asked you a couple times, like, is it bad for me that I want a Lambo? Like, is it bad for me that I want to go live in a high-rise in downtown Nashville? Like, is it bad for me to have mm -hmm. those thoughts, which now, obviously, I don't, but... Mm -hmm. I've always been curious. Well, let's let's do this. Double click that camera real quick, and then I'm gonna jump into it, and then I'll, I'll see what you guys. Uh... All right. Hot. First things, yeah, it gets a little warm in here without <laughs> that thing being on. Um, but like an idiot, I made the entire last podcast. That fan was blowing on like three, <laughs> which is the highest level. You and seen... all you heard in the background was. <laughs> you ever seen uh, Ace Ventura when nature calls? <laughs> yeah. When he comes out of the Oh, he's in the room. He's awesome. Yeah, that's what it feels like. All right. <laughs> so first things first. <laughs> One of the biggest reasons that I walked away from organized religion, and the oh, reason I, I say, say crime, no. I was like, "What the? No. Where did this podcast go?" No, and the reason I say that I don't see you as a religious person, I see you as a spiritual person. People have used religion for years to manipulate the way people act, the way that they think, the way that they should live their lives, right? And that's always been something I highly disagree with. People have always said, you know, well, you're you're drive for money is gluttonous and it's greedy and it's all these things but to be fair people use they use both sides of the coin sure oh, oh yeah all the time 100%. what to me the thing that aggravated me the most when i got to a place in life where i had actually lived i've learned lessons mm -hmm. i've i've gone through it and i was a very very i was a religious person right. for a good portion of my life i noticed that I saw a bunch of unhappy people coming to the altar, bending at the knee, raising their hands, going, God, pull me out of this. Pull me out of this. Jesus, take the wheel. Help me. Now, there's a point of that, but it stopped there. When you leave church on Sunday, when you sit around and go, well, God's got this. God's got this in control. You don't need that mansion. You need Whatever. You just need to be able to provide for your family. Right. It's the headspace that you operate in that makes or breaks you. When you look at things, like, let me focus on one point. In the aspect of loving money, should you love money? Yes. I think. Yes. Because my 
love of money is only because I want to provide for the people on the other side of this wall, right. my family. Right. So I love that tool that allows me to give my family an amazing life. Now, I just don't like greenbacks. I prefer like hard money. Like sure, I'm money. a debit card person myself. <laughs> you know, if you want the old Washingtons or Gen uh, Benjamin, who's the one? That, who's on hundred? I know I don't have any fucking money, people. Yeah. Um, but to me, who's on hundred? What what gets to me, and I've seen people do it my whole life. Joe Walsh. They go. He's on hundred. I don't think Benjamin Franklin. What are we talking about? Um, he turns around. These people go. You shouldn't chase after this. You shouldn't do this. Well, how I look at that is, you shouldn't try to put me in the box that you live your life in. What changed <coughs> for me was when I realized I had to think unconventionally. If I'm thinking the way other people are thinking, I'm losing. Because then I'm, I'm living in the parameters of what they think is possible. Right. And what I thought was possible for the longest time was, if you're chasing money, then you're ultimately going to fail. Because you're chasing the wrong thing. That's not the case. When you are willing to put in the work to, like you said, do the things that it takes to become financially successful, but you're doing them with the intention of, I want to genuinely help other people. Right. I'm not doing this for the Lambo, right. but when I can buy myself a Lambo, that means I can also turn around and, and do a lot pay of the mortgage off on a single mother's house back in Columbus, Ohio. Right. I can take care of a, a father's back child support right. when I can afford a Lambo. Right. So you telling me that I shouldn't chase my Lambo, you're also telling me I shouldn't chase paying off the mortgage of a single mother's house. To an extent, yeah. It's not necessarily... But that's what they're saying, that's because, the con, that's because in their mind, yeah. in that box that they live in, that Lambo is only a material aspect. Right. That Lambo is not also a representation of right. how hard you worked. You got kicked in your balls most, yeah, most people, yeah, yeah. a million times. Mm -hmm. So by you telling me you don't need that mansion, right. you're also telling me that I don't need to help people. Because no, my aspirations are the same. It doesn't... And also Whether there's, if I have a mansion or a... There's also people who think that if I make a million dollars, that I took a hundred grand from you. That's not the case. There's enough out there that if you are willing to put the work in, but people don't even understand the fact that you have to have the self-assessment ability to look at yourself and go, I'm not willing to do what it takes to own a house on a hill. And that's why... And that's why people don't fucking like it. Right. Well, it's like, you know... Kind of uh, uh, jumping off from what you said, you know, I have I have paying patrons on my Patreon, and it's like those folks pay. They pay me money because they like what I do. Yeah, I didn't right. I didn't hold a gun to their head and right. say give me money. So, yeah, their whole lo the the logic behind of you know, well, you stole money from them, you know, to make your dreams. Like I didn't steal nothing. I like, think what <laughs> it is. I think what it is is people like you said. And it goes off of what we're talking about. Like people live in, like this box. And like I, I heard a, a, an amazing story from Tom Billy's podcast about people. People don't believe in magic. Either you do believe in magic or you don't believe in magic. And um, the story was, as a magician, the Tom was his. He, obsessed with, um, like he loves magic. Mm -hmm. And the reason is, is he, he loves the work it go, that goes behind learning magic. Like it's, mm. there's a the whole other, yeah, there's a whole it's, other, it, it's amazing. Not, not not even, which is the Gary Vee story, right. you have to love the process before right, exactly. you want to be successful. So with people living in this box, people <laughs> just choose to believe that there's no way that's possible or oh my gosh, mm. it's just magic. But what sure. people like us that think outside the box is, is you don't think of them 
countless and countless and countless hours the of just hours all of the work and the failure. And like the, and yeah, well, the, the, the story that he was telling was the basketball one where you go through a card, you go through, pick a card in a deck, and there's three basketballs, and there's a statistic that goes behind this that pe- most people pick these top five cards yeah. and, and these three basketballs is going to be one of these <laughs> cards and then oh my gosh you go over there you take open this basketball and there's your card most people are like that's not real that can't happen most people are like oh my gosh it's magic people outside the box so are like holy bad. shit most people don't believe that he went to Spalding, the basketball manufacturer, and said, look, I need you to manufacture me three balls with these cards in these balls yeah. and I'm going to go and do this and do all this work because nobody fully believes that like wow no one would ever put in that much work yeah, so it's the same thing the reality right that people are <laughs> so it's the same is. thing like when you see me driving through a small town of lamborghini it's like there's no way anyone can work that hard to have a lamborghini and well they would like, immediately is and let's be real you're tw- you just turned 26 right we'll turn 26 we'll, in we'll be 26 july. in july you'll be 26 in july if someone saw you riding around in a lambo first thought would be your dad, dad bought you that. Money. Your dad bought you that. My dad don't have that. No, I'm which, <laughs> which no, to me is my favorite. Oh, I love when you. I watch people and I see it all the time, I have I have people who fucking hate me on the on the internet. They fucking hate I'm me. Just kidding. On the internet, <laughs> when I got there, I am right here. When I got sponsors on this show, people were like, "This is fucking bullshit. This is a front. This is this. This is that." That's good for me. Oh, because you're now living in a space of what's possible for you, right. which only makes me focusing on what I'm doing that much more right. real. Because I see, two years ago, if I looked at getting a sponsor on a podcast, I'd go, wow, that's crazy. You probably have to have a talent agent who then reaches out to a PR person who right. now would do... No, you email right. the but CEO that's what I'm saying. of the company... You- most people that have that thought process, wow, you probably have to have a town agent, and you have to yeah. do this, and you have to do this. I gotta you're buy a instantly, I gotta you're instantly like, oh, it's not possible. I, I have to have it. an audio engineer. Like you're like, well, then, and it's the same thought process that I go through. Is like, I mean, the most Nike, you know, like they obviously did not start as a billion dollar company. No one starts as a billion dollar no, company. Not unless you've got so, a billion dollars. Well, that right. So. They had to start somewhere, so I'm going to start printing on shirts until I definitely find it and bump into something that comes up similar to mine. What changes the game is when you print that first batch of shirt and nobody fucking buys it, <laughs> and then you still hustle your ass right. off for another two years right. to be able to afford one more shirt launch. Speaking in your language, it's a lot like uh, your first fight. You know, most people, and I, and I say this often, and I've never boxed before, never done jujitsu, nothing, but I equate it a lot to getting punched in the mouth. You've never been punched in the mouth physically like someone's fist to your mouth. You never really know. But figuratively speaking, your your brain registers to thoughts. When you get hit, you're either like, oh shit, that hurt. I need to kind of like flee. Or you're like, okay, this guy better hit harder on the next one because I'm, I'm, I'm coming for his throat. So it's it's that's the types of people that are in this realm. And again, there's been successful people that get hit in the mouth and flip the script and go around whatever hit them or you got dummies like me that get constantly punched in the mouth and I'm just like that's fine I got an iron jaw well perfect analogy for that (laughs) perfect analogy I did not train MMA for the first 26 years of my life because I was so fucking afraid of getting hit in my face really yeah I have been an MP I've wrestled I was gonna say you shot I was I was a dickhead in school like I've been punched in my face more time I was a bodyguard for not for a few companies I did security at some of the most hood rat bars in the world. Like, 
me getting punched in my face is not something I enjoy. I know what it feels like, and it's not fucking fun. <laughs> when you train MMA or when you see that, you go, God bless. That fucking hurts. Just like when you get sucker punched in a brawl or something yeah. like that. Then you have the balls to put gloves on and stay next to someone and go, all right, bitch, let's go. Then when you get punched in your face, you don't feel it because your adrenaline's going, you're focusing on all this stuff, and you realize that what your reality was before you stepped in the ring right. is so much different right. than mm -hmm. just having the balls to get in the ring. Mm. So by launching a podcast, which everybody, I hope, if you want to launch a podcast, Definitely we, a we did all the things of talking about, yes, it's saturated, yes, there are people that are not made to do it. I'm not mm -hmm. the one, I'm not your judge and jury. I'm not the one to tell you that your podcast is shit because I may not live in the realm you live in, but you should start it. You should be consistent. That's the hard part in yeah. podcasting. You should be consistent this for at least a year. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. If you say, I'm going to upload Monday and Wednesday, you'd better fucking upload Monday and Wednesday. Yeah. For a year, you're going to have 10, 20, 25 episodes that fucking suck, that are just no good because... Every single day is not perfect, but Gary V, your guy that you were just talking about, Tom Bayou, or however you say his Bill name, you. Bill you, they will all tell you that when you fall in love with the process of being consistent, giving people your best, sometimes you're not going to be at your best, but you fucking showed up. It's it's almost like you're addicted to getting hit in the mouth. Yeah. I mean, to be quite honest with you, what helped me was, again, I go back to the dirt bike thing, like, I enjoy that process of I crash every day at some point my dad would always tell me if you're not crashing you're not riding hard enough it's kind of the same thing you know it it it's just a repeat process and you eventually fall in love with the well I guess I better ride harder I guess I better crash harder I guess I, I guess I better get hurt more because if I'm doing that I'm pushing the limits and continuously growing and growing and growing to the point to where you like get a breath of fresh air and you're like wow I've calloused over my hands and I've gotten used to when the bike does this I can maneuver this way and it's the same thing with anything you, you can always I always say flip the script I don't know why I did that well the first time you ride a dirt bike the thing you are most afraid of it's is crashing. to fall on the ground crashing you're afraid of that I don't know for I've somebody, been for a long time I'm, it doesn't for some, well it's still not fun right just getting punched I'm not like you know what I really can't wake yeah, up I'm gonna hit this hill and I'm gonna fucking bail midway through but that's the same thing as fighting ideally I would like to not get punched in my face but a part of the process but that's why people ask me all the time, when are you going to fight? I'm fucking not. I'm 27 years old. I've done enough dumb shit can we to do my a, body. Can we do a YouTube fight? fight. You? I'll referee it. No. <laughs> no, because, because being very honest, like, I said, like I'm 27 years old. I got kids. I got a family. Like I need my brain to do this kind of shit. Me getting punched in my face senselessly after all the years of abuse that I've done to my body, I'm riding on short mental springs as we're as we're talking. <laughs> I don't need to go out there I don't and, know. and encourage any more fucking brain. I walls. really and and this is just I'm a firm believer. I'm an adrenaline junkie, hands down. Uh, I kind of want to fight. I want to get in the ring and, and just... So, again, there's there's that aspect of people. I would never tell someone, yes, you're a fighter, no, you're not a fighter, right. because it's about what your what your intention for it is i i know professional fighters to be someone who steps in the cage and shuts the door behind you with another human being who's literally trying to kill you you have to have that thing where you go i'm either going to win 
or I'm gonna fucking die in this ring. But see, that's, I don't have that's what I'm saying. Not I, for a, not for fun. I have always been that guy. Like even I grew up. I mean, the first half of my career, I would say, I mean, I would say for the majority of my career, I was never in top shape. Like I always dicked around and would drink cokes or, sure. or eat candy. Sure. Or, you know, just I was never in shape. But it as soon as that gate dropped, I it literally it was like a and Rob Deerdeck says it best, there's a kill mode that's instinctually in people. I have kill mode. Like it's either I'm gonna win or I literally will not be able to breathe, can't hold on, can't do anything until and that's the same sure. thing with cage fighting. I could go in and train for three months, even if I know if I'm stepping in the ring with Conor McGregor and I'm about to get my ace whooped. I, I'm gonna go in there, and he's gonna have to eat his lunch and, and hit real hard. <laughs> so, I know what I do is not nearly as dangerous, but there is a certain. Kill Somebody mode. get that kid happy. <laughs> <laughs> there is a certain kill mode esque yeah. kind of adrenaline to it. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's a podcast when you well, when you're on when you're doing something live, especially. Oh, when I you're out imagine. there doing a live show oh, yeah. or it's a play or anything like that. I just instantly like, started sweating on the back. Or you're doing like live tech. In any of those situations, like there's a fine line yeah. between efficiency and chaos. Oh yeah. And any misstep could throw everything off and it could end disastrously. Yeah. Well, isn't it literally... And and if something does go wrong, which nine times out of ten something will go wrong, sure, always. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You gotta have enough maneuver time to fix that and get everything back on point. Or, and to me, that is yeah. the true mark of a great entertainer. Because to me, there's no such thing as a perfect performance. There is a great performance, sure. and there is a not so great. It's a champion. Thing. But we would see things that happened on stage that a layman in the field would not see. Exactly. We would see someone hiccup yeah. over a line and bounce back and go, "God bless that guy. That's a <laughs> professional." Because Absolutely. it's not the fact that he hiccuped over the line, which it's the fact that he hicked up the back bit and bam, bam, came back. But for the person mm-hmm. sitting in the audience, that if they would have hiccuped on that line. They would have frozen up mentally, and you'd have been standing there shaking like a leaf on stage. But for people who have been in that arena before, you're going, he got hit in his mouth, and he just put his hands back up and kept going. That's very difficult, where in podcasting, it's, it's again, a different form of it. Because that last live show I did... Uh, 800 plus people. At, at the oh, city winery, like, I... Seriously, hands down. You, 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 prob- you probably didn't notice, but there was a couple... There's a couple of points where I kind of stumbled over my words a bit. Oh, man. I mean, I think, but again, that's that's the process of it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. 10 years from now, when you're one of the top monster podcasts in the world, you can then tell the up-and-comers, dude, when I stood in front of a stage of 800 people, I literally almost shit my pants and I couldn't feel my tongue in my mouth. Well, I, I can't I can't lie because I wasn't about to Well, sure, but I'm saying, yeah. But you you can tell your mm-hmm. truth of it and go, dude, that, it was hard. It was not easy for me to get up there and do that, but I did it. And then after doing it a hundred times, now it's not a big deal when I fumble. I lean into the curve and I let the audience know that that's I That's a good, that's you know? a good way of putting it. I always leaning into the curve. Yeah. In the, well, it's the same, like you just, it's like getting calluses on your hands, mm-hmm. man. You get, you, you eventually rip so many bl- blisters and this, this, and this to where it's almost like you're still ripping blisters, but they've been ripped so many times. It's like, nah, it's fine. But you know that chaos, that fine line. That's and I've never really said, I've never said it out loud, but that's probably the main reason why I love. Yeah, that's doing the adrenaline so you're chasing. Because, sure, something can something can go wrong, but I've been doing this so long that 
I know what I'm doing to, to make it right, right. again. And it's right. really the only, you know, it's it's the only thing, and, and that's why I feel so strongly uh, about why I feel like, you know, my calling is what I'm doing now is because I feel like that's kind of life. But the difference between, like, you know, being an, a storyteller and being, you know, living in the real world, um, you know, I can control it. Yeah. In the realm of storytelling, and I do, if I don't say so myself, I do a pretty damn good job. You do a great job, mediocre. Well, <laughs> we just talked about this, and we're gonna we're gonna add him into this because oh. Tyler and I just talked very recently. A couple days ago. We've seen a confidence build in you that I hadn't seen previously. <laughs> For to think of the Taylor Gentry I met, what two years ago, a year ago. To get up on a stage yeah. in front of 800 people, you would have been mm-hmm. like, yeah, I don't think he would have had an interest in doing that. But you built that confidence that goes, look, I'm Count Drahoon, and I'm fucking shit. Fuck with me if you want, but I'm talented I'll as shit. You well, when, when you met me, I was going through a really rough time in yeah. my life. Yeah, you were. Um, I was... And at that, up at that point, I've been an actor and all that for a long time. So, yeah. like, I had, you know, the confidence to get up there and perform and all that stuff. Mm. But... I will say that at that point in my life, I feel like I lost a lot of um, what I like to call luster. Um, hmm. it's a, I learned that from SpongeBob. The desire to. You know, Barnacle Boy, he was like, you know, wow, it seems like a lot of the creatures of the deep lost their luster. Uh-huh. <laughs> is that is that what the luster is? That's your desire that, to. Well, I, I just, I lost a lot of, not the desire to, because I was still doing Count Drahoon. You just um, lost the umph. I lost a little bit of umph. There was a lot more anxiety and fear than that I had. A lot of uncertainty because at that point in my life, I was at a, I was at a dead end job, a dead end part time job working for the government, and it was a really toxic working environment too. Um, it was really bad because there I was there was essentially like a, a she wasn't my direct supervisor, but she thought she was. She was making my life a living hell. And she was, like, literally making up lies about me to try to get me into trouble. Not to, like, get me fired, but just so she could have some sort of control mm-hmm. over me to kind of hold over my head. So I had that going on in my life. Um, I had applied to numerous jobs just to get out of, out of where I was working. And I got told no. Um, and expenses were going up. I and was, you were running a podcast. And I was trying, trying to, to do a podcast. I was trying to do a podcast. And also... There was this girl that I was like deeply infatuated with, and that whole that thing like completely imploded and fell apart right sure. in front of my eyes. And that so I was dealing with all of that in 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 that short span of time. And I don't know what it was per se. Well, no, I can tell. I, I take that back. There was just something that clicked in the back of my head, going through all of this pain. That. I was this low in my life, and I was never going to be back here again. There's a big part of that. So I got a new job, and I'm, I'm still currently uh, employed at the, at the place that I'm working at. And I love my job uh, because I work for people that value me as an employee, and they have actually given me opportunities to, um, to move up, and I have. I've gotten two promotions in, uh, in less than a year. But that's not because of ex- external circumstances. That's because of the change you made inside. Because for me, what I hear and how I can relate it, which is the way I usually do things, is how can I 
related to what happened to me is I used to not believe, right? I used to think, yes, I'm going to start a podcast and it's going to be okay. It's going to go okay. Right. So to kind of, but to kind of hit, and I see what you're, and I'm getting to it. I'm yeah. I'm a, I'm really long winded, so if, no, you need, if you need to like cut anything, nope, or send it. So, so I got a new job, and just at that point, you know, this mantra in the back of my head, like I'm, I'm not going back there. I'm not going back mm-hmm. into the abyss. I'm not going back into the dark. I'm pushing forward. I'm gonna get like I have a dream, and there were day there were times where I felt like I was literally the only person who believed that I could plausibly make this happen. I had a lot of people I had to prove wrong. Um, now, Tyler believed in me. I remember that. Uh, well, you kind of did. That's a part of being in the <laughs> game, though. Mm-hmm. There's people who, mm-hmm. if you're never in the game, you never but, go through that. But I've t- Right, and I've told, I've told this to people a lot. You know, my grandmother, who I love dearly, and, like, we were super close um, to the point where she used to call me her heart. That kind of, I'm, I'm a grandma's boy. She told, she flat out told me that year. She said, Taylor, you need to stop doing Counter Doom because it's silly. Nobody will ever get it. You just need to quit. I didn't listen to her. I kept going. And that was hard. Like, that was hard to, it's hard because a lot of times, and I've said this a lot, it's usually the people that you love the most oh, yeah. that are going to try to stop yeah. you. And it's not because they hate you or they're like, they have like, they're scared for you. They're scared. They don't want you to fail. But, they don't want to see you in a gutter, mm-hmm. drink out of a brown bag, right. talking about what should have been, what right. could have been, what would have, you know. Exactly. And it, so I guess what I'm trying to say, like, at, at that point in my life, I just got into this mentality shift. It's like, this is do or die. I either make my dreams come true and say to hell with everybody else that doesn't believe in me, or I die. That's 1,000% the mm-hmm. difference between mm-hmm. someone who succeeds and someone who does not. And that's what I'm trying to get my friends... One million. And that's what I try to get my friends to see. Because it's hard, because a lot of times like I get I get accused of being an optimist. And that's not... I, I am optimistic at times, but that's not really the case. It's like, I have to make this happen. Right. This has to work. My entire life, my, my energy, just like my... The bane of my existence... Is this. Yeah. Is solely dependent on the success of the show. Honestly... And it's not because of the money that's going to come right. from it's, it's, because it's because this is what because I'm I, and, and this sounds so crazy, but I fundamentally believe that God put me on this earth to, to do, do that. exactly what I'm doing right now. And I agree. And to make it succeed. Because I, I told Tyler this analogy the other day. I really believe that when in heaven, uh, God was getting ready to put me on earth, he actually intended me to be born sometime in the late 19th century, the early 1900s, so that I could have lived through the 30s and 40s and 50s and all that. But at the last second, God said, hold on a minute. Uh, let's let's put him here. Let's make him born in 1993. Let's make him the son of Rhonda and Mike Gentry, brother of Tyler and Drew. And they were like, are you sure you want to do that? Because he's going to be totally out of place. And he said, trust me. I know what I'm doing. But the here. world needs that. Right. Well, that's what I'm seeing. The world Cause, needs cause, And even now, like, you know, I, I have bad days. I, there are days where I'm just like, dude, nobody gets me. I'm such a weird guy. He, yeah. said, he says that every day. Yeah. Uh, point at you, Tyler. But then I have days where I'm reminded, it's like, you know, as crazy as this world is right now, I think the world could use some of Taylor crazy. Yeah. You got people out there kissing feet, man. You, people get you more than that. Could you imagine 70 years from now? You're laying on your deathbed, and you have every story that you've put to a microphone inside of you never came out. That would be mm-hmm. 
the worst fucking thing I'm I telling can imagine. You that Ed Milet said that on a podcast. That that when you go to heaven, that's the that's the thing you get to wrestle with. You either you either meet the man you're supposed to be, which is, and I said this, I think I said this on the last podcast you and I did with Mike. Um, I've never done a podcast with Mike. Oh, Mike, Mike Nick. Nichols. Oh, okay. Um, you, you, when you go to heaven, you, you meet two two people. You meet the man that you could have been, could have been, and the man that you are. You are. And mm-hmm. heaven would be that you meet the man that you that you are, and it fits exactly perfect. Hell mm-hmm. would be the man that you could have been that you never. Mm-hmm took the chance to go and it's a daily struggle it is because i even now like and granted i would say in the self-confidence realm i have made astronomical leaps and bounds to where i was when we first met karen yeah i can but it's still it's still a work in progress because every now and then i still fall into that trope of it's like i told you on the drive here Mm -hmm. you'll never have your shit together no no never and i was just telling my mom that the other day i said i realized two years ago the reason that i give my parents the grace that i do from the upbringing i have i'm a parent right and i fucked up massively with my kids to where i'm going my parents are me they're people trying to figure the shit out they're just doing the best that they can it's 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 uh the thing was the generation before us they lived in a realm of what everyone thought was possible, right? Well, we yeah, they, now don't do that so much. We believe that everything's possible. Right, 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 right. It's a and that's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a matter of uh, when, you, when you come to grips that you're going to fail, you're going to have days that, yes. like seriously, I mean, days where out. it's going to be low. Yeah. But mm-hmm. all of that is just a set up for everything you're working for you know it's you're never going to have it fully together so once you realize that like you know what all my shit's always going to be strode around and be all over the house you still got a house and it's up to you to make the house as big and as extravagant it's not how it's never going to be how it is in the movies right? no. you're just you're going to you're going to have those days where you're just blissfully happy and nothing wrong ever happens but no one wants to see that story yeah, no. No, no one wants to see the story of that's why that's why we ended at the happy ending <laughs> that, and also no one wants to watch the story say they make a movie of my life nobody now I'm just kidding. again they may they may want mm-hmm. to see this part but it's not as cinematically attracting to watch a guy smoking CBD, broke down to his fucking balls financially, with a wife out there supporting him, taking care of a, a kid with hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt, who's sitting in here podcasting with the belief that this is going to be what changes the game. Right. You post that with every amount of passion you just right. put through that microphone. You post it. Seven days later, you refresh the stats, and guess what? They fucking suck. There's not many people who have the wherewithal to go, it's a bad season. Got to go back up to bat, though. Yeah. You know, it's when my time in the batting order comes up, which is for me Sunday night at 7 o'clock. When I record, I got to go back to the fucking plate, or else I, it's over. That's, the ride is over. That's wrapping around to the other, like a circle. It's a circle. It's a circle. Um, that it's is not like, like I said. Has it's close close point point dot, dot. Oh, oh, I read that the one down. <laughs> yeah. um, we get the circle. Hey. Shout <laughs> out! I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Um, but it, it's a. Uh, it's. I don't forgot what I was gonna say. We were talking about again. It, it's, the, it's. It's where champions are made. That's yes. what I was gonna say. That that to me. Being able to get punch in your fucking mouth. Champions. And get back up. That's the that's the quote unquote of a champion. Especially in the realm that we all live in, without the people who support us. We're dick. We're nothing. If nobody supports, oh, yeah, nobody listens, absolutely. we're fucked. 
Yeah. And so (laughs) not only does my success and your success and your success, but the two people that are sitting out there, Mm -hmm. their lives depend on it. So when I, and that was a big fundamental change for me, like what you were saying, when I had, because I've had a wife who told me, dude, you're not shit. You're never going to be shit. When I got a wife that goes, dude, you're the shit. Get your fucking ass in there and podcast and save this fucking family because we're riding with that. It's like Superman. Yeah, and, well, and you do, you feel that. Yeah. When you get in here and you press the wha-pow, you fucking pull it open. Like, dude, I'm the shit. You're like, I'm the <laughs> Absolutely. And that's why I rock with ambition. Because, <laughs> But again, so tell people what the three... So it's hard work, faith, persistence. Because I fuck it up every time. Yes, it's hard work, faith. A lot of people do. I, gotta... I always say hard work, faith, and perseverance. Which yeah. is essentially the kind it's of the similar. Thing, but... but yeah, hard work, faith, persistence. It's three keys to success. It's again... You cannot succeed without those three things. In you my can't. opinion, you can't. You cannot. You, you can't. You cannot go through without faith. Faith not being just spiritually, no, but yeah. it's faith in yourself, faith in the process, faith in literally faith in all aspects. Uh, hard work. You're you're never gonna go anywhere without getting your knuckles bled. You know, knuckles bloody, feet. You know, feet and hands dirty. All that stuff. You've got to just the world famous grind it out. Like that's just hard work in anything and that's staying up when people are going to are uh, going to parties and you you're in your in the in the studio recording your podcasts or, or writing your stories or building your brands and things like that hard work is it's inevitable in order to it successful. is okay. and then pers- persistence not perseverance you mess me up see I, no that's why i mess it up persistence is exactly what i mean persistence it's it's the not relentless pursuit of no's and failures and failure but you cannot have that persistence without the faith without the hard work you can't that's why it's it's like a circle but no it's it's just it took me a while to realize that those three things are just so just so embedded in life but yeah once you uh once you realize that without those three things and a fourth thing, if I had to add to it, is just to, uh, is to have some fun, man. Like this stuff, like this. So it's just, a quadrilateral. It's a quadrilateral, but it's a triangle. If that makes any sense. But it's really I'm a quadrilateral. Well, right. Let me ask you this, <laughs> and I want I want us all to answer this. What did you? What was the point in your life that if you had to put a bookmark in that point, for you went to God, man? I hope this fucking works out. To, oh shit, this is gonna work out. This is what I do now, forever. When was that point for you that goes, whether it blows or not, this is just what I do Are you you talking about like that mindset change? Yes, yes, yeah. I think I would have to say that that process probably is a window of time between October 2017 and July 2018. Pretty recent. Pretty recent. Because. And what caused the shift? Well, it was just those changes I was talking about in my life. You know, just going from just absolute zero, like what the hell am I doing with my life to being, so basically the evening of July 12, 2018, it's like, and I said, this is our first live show. This is going to either take me to the next level or I'm going to go back to zero. Fuck it. Let's do it. Were you cool with going back to zero if that's what it took? I think so. To restart? I do because it's like, if I go back to zero, I'm just going to go, I'm going to, I've been there I'm going to, I'm going to scratch and and get my way back. I've been there, so I know yeah. what it takes to get. So fortunate, but fortunately for me, July thirteenth, twenty eighteen, was the best birthday ever because I didn't go back to zero. That I climbed along. Yeah, I launched. Yeah. It was a huge. Yeah, the, the live shows were huge for the 
for the podcast. Like my the my audience year. grew. Oh yeah, tremendous. That was a, a complete pivotal moment. I think yeah. I know what yours is, but what was yours? March sixteenth, two thousand sixteen or seventeen. Sorry, was it? 16? No, two thousand thirteen. I'm sorry. You want to know this? I don't know why I said sixteen, seventeen. Maybe I just yeah, March sixteenth, two thousand thirteen. The death of your friend. Absolutely. I and I would say that was. I mean, that was a pivotal moment. For that was the this. same. But the thing is, for me, I think for the most part, I I was kind of in a dark cloud from that point to then. To then, I really was, but then like I'm starting to base. I'm starting to come out of the wilderness now. Right. I feel like, but I feel like for those years, like through college, um, all that time, I was really over, and and it was kind of blocking my minutia a little bit. I can tell you that that day was like I thought I was at rock bottom, and then that mm-hmm. day hit, and then that. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Oh like, yeah, anybody can go through quote unquote rock bottom, but mm-hmm. like, I was in a relationship. Um, Everybody's rock bottom. I was there. Um, was training for dirt bikes. I was working a factory job at the time, and I knew. And it's crazy that my best friend at the time was working a factory job as well. And I remember vividly weeks before of like, dude, we can't keep doing like we've got to. And yeah. He was a motocross racer as well. Sucks. It was like, man, like I'm not living paycheck to paycheck, and that guy saved every dollar he ever made he never spent I mean, I've never seen him buy one thing which is weird but um, I was like man I'm living paycheck to paycheck I'm making killer money I'm killing it at my job and I hate it and like I'm I don't think he actually said killing it though I didn't not then but like I was doing really well in the job and like uh, I was just I had just quit school obviously my my military father loved the fact that I quit school so I was working my ass off. That's trying sarcasm, to, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was seriously condemned. Like every day I woke up, he was like, "You go back to sleep." What, <laughs> what are you doing, you piece yeah, of right. shit? So like, <laughs> I was like, "How dare you?" I was see seriously somebody. the spawn of Satan. And when I quit school, I had no direction. I was, you know, hanging out with my girlfriend at the time, and we were just. And, and honestly, to this day, I could I could ask her, and as much as she, hopefully she doesn't hate my gut, but as much as she does, she would say the same thing. Like, I was just dreaming of, like, man, dirt bikes is the way to go. Dirt bikes is going to change my life. Like, I'm going to work my ass off to be a motocross racer. Lost my best friend, and literally, like, bam, that day, I was like, I seriously have nothing to live for. Like, I might as well just join him and, and, and roll on. And seriously, a week later... With all the dreams and all the talking and you know talking to the Lord, talking to Casey, all of that stuff, it literally just flipped the script. I to say to answer your question, I never once after that moment, once I just like strapped up my straps and just said let's fucking go, I never once said this will never work. Never once have I ever said anything I do from this moment on. I hope it works because I I know it works. Every you were also time. willing to be flexible in the process because where your mm-hmm. dream then was to be a world champion motocross right. rider you've now taken that same mentality towards towards business but again how i know to go off what taylor says is how i know i was made for what i'm doing at this moment my brand is in motocross yes so motocross is making me yeah. what i am today yeah. so i never once never in my entire life i woke up every day and still I have my days to where I'm low, but still, you could ask me, are you going to be where you said you're going to be? And abs- not a shadow of a doubt in my yeah. mind. And if it's not the triangle and the clothes that take me there, it's there's going to be something to where when I hit a wall, I'm just going to make a door, open the door, walk through Push it, and make it. another door, make another door. Because I'm a firm believer in every failure, again, goes back to motocross. 
it's not losing, it's learning. When you get second place, you don't sit and dwell on, holy shit, I lost, I'll kill that guy next time yeah. I see him. It's more or less like, how did I lose? Why did I lose? And let's yeah. figure it out. You learn how to turn to harder into the turn that you When you, you go next time, it's like, oh, well, that bump was getting me. Let's just go around the bump. That's or, like or jump over it. <laughs> like, the Thomas Edison said, I did. Um, I didn't um, learn to make a. Uh, no, I, I didn't. I didn't fail. I just learned one thousand nine hundred ninety nine ways how not to work. make a light bulb. How not to make a light bulb. And that was the same way with because during that time period, I I was in a I was more or less kind of doing the same thing, just do just kind of taking it from a different tack. I had my own uh, online network. Uh, Basically, the idea was just it was going to be a multimedia network. Camcorder TV. Yeah, camcorder TV. We were going to make podcasts, web shows. And I think the idea itself was great. It was a media agency. But the problem is that we did not have enough resources to... I'm just saying, like, we, we didn't... We just kind of hit the ground running with it. Which yeah. is good. Yeah. It's admirable. You learn lessons. But, right. And, well, the biggest lesson in that entire period of time was how not to do it yeah yeah um but you need that yeah you did need that but what what i and i'll tell you what i would have done differently what i would have done differently i would have taken a lot more time to flesh everything out because that's all me and my business partner at the time had we had time like nobody was looking for camcorder tv like we didn't have a deadline it's nice when there's no expectations right we didn't have any expectations we could have really taken our time really and what I would have done first was probably just do one show at first, like a podcast, a sure. web show, something, and then make that the absolute best that it could be, and then let that take off, and then once Camcorder TV and that show was established, then we branch off to do all the other things that right. we wanted. But we did everything all at once, and I think that that was the problem. And but you know, it taught it taught me a lot about myself, sure, yeah, because what it taught me was that I. I'm insane because I have a ungodly amount of patience and perseverance because even though things were not looking up, even though things, you know, you know, we weren't getting the results that we wanted to, I was more than determined to stay the course. I think most successful term I use lightly because everybody's successful definition is different. I think most people that have impact in the world are absolutely there is a bit of insane. There, there is. But insane you can't tell me who. people that don't get because it. Because <laughs> again, so the three of us sitting in this room, I don't think anybody here is insane. You're just, you have no, no time take, to no, be that. That's bullcrap. You guys are absolutely batshit crazy. No, I myself, when I look at you, I'm like, I I'm think like, I'm crazy. I look at myself in the mirror. When I look I'm at like, you, you too. I'm like, you're just doing what it takes. That, that's what it takes I, to do. This. I don't, and I'm not. I'm not just so saying. Yes, we're all crazy. I'm not just saying that. Like, I mean, there are. I call it. There's a. I call it mania. There's a because in the in in an artistic mind, like there are certain. Oh well, look at Van. Did Van Gogh cut his ear off because yes. he was crazy? Uh, he like, cut a zero off. I don't know why like he did that. I don't remember. I, he I, thought I, that by doing that, it would add a shock factor to him that would make him famous. That's what I'm saying. And he was willing to do that to... There's something... Yeah, I, yeah that's there all. Was something... But there is a bit of... Most creative people have a deeper sense of empathy. Right. Than, but if you look, most creative people are very fucking damaged. Well, that's what I mean. Very like, there's, fucking there's, damaged. There's damage. I mean, there's it, there's it, some there's wires that. that have been cut off and burnt that just. But you know, I you don't know if it's coming. But that that mania that I'm talking about, that like really deep seated emotionality that I have, it's 
it's it's a curse because I like like when I when I meet somebody like if I become infatuated with somebody I like I get and Tyler will tell you like I get super attached to them. That's how I am. Same way. Well, that I'm I'm that way too. Yeah. And it drives me up the wall because mo because a lot of people aren't really like that. Yeah. What people say um, like you're you're an obsessive. Mm-hmm. Try to hit it again. Right. It might have died. So we might just be rolling the rest of this episode. Oh, yeah. If it died, then it's so yeah. I've no problem. I've had a lot. I've had a lot of heartbreak <laughs> in my life. Yeah. But as much as that sucks, <laughs> it's been really good source material for stories. Yeah. So yes, I hate getting that low, and I hate the depression. But at the same time, I can't not live without it because yeah. I have to have that you. to make me a storyteller. Yeah. It is the epitome of what life life happens mm-hmm. to someone versus life happening for someone. Mm-hmm. There are the million and a half people. And it's that, your perspective. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's that's perspective. It's that, that, You can look at Taylor's journey, mm-hmm. your journey, for instance, the, the, the alcoholic background, the losing this person, mm-hmm. this person. You could look at that and you would be in a completely different place if you would have said, all of this is happening to get at me. I'm done. I can't yeah. handle it. Mm-hmm. When instead you said, okay, this is happening because of this, and then this domino is going to follow this domino, and now I'm going to have well, this it, platform to do well, this. Well, that, ep- that episode I wrote, her name was Mercy. Yeah. Right. That was all about that heartbreak I went through. Yeah. Well, all of that. And he- here's one thing that for me changed my whole game. I used to walk around talking about, I don't know why I can't catch a fucking break. I don't know why... I have to need alcohol to be able to get up and go in the morning. I don't know why I had to get three fucking DUIs before I met the woman of my dreams. And why did all this bad shit have to happen that now I've dug myself, I've tried to dig myself out of this fucking hole. You know, I, I've lost kids. You know, I've had to watch kids be born that were, I knew they were going to die. I, why did I have to hurt that bad? Why did I have to sit in a jail cell looking at seven to ten years in prison before I could go, fuck Stop drinking. Right. <laughs> Stop fucking drinking. Why did I? Why am I so stupid? And I used to talk to myself that way. The day that I looked and goes, look, motherfucker, you want to impact the world. You can't impact the world by sitting around on the couch watching fucking YouTube videos. You went out. You lived life. You took chances. You fucking failed. But all that heartache that you've endured is now a story that someone else uses to change their life. And that's what you're claiming you want to do. So without those times, you're nothing. Yeah. You're nothing. It, but the change came when I went, life didn't happen to me. Life happened for me. Right. And when I looked at it as, hey, I was strong enough to get through that when it would have crumbled some people, that's why I'm going to be one of the top podcasts in the world. Right. Because you won't outwork me. Because I'm going to work my ass off to make sure I never end up back in a jail cell or broke as fuck or, right. you know, whatever. You're not going to outwork me. I know that. Also, I had to stop <coughs> telling myself that I was a fucking moron right. and that I was useless <coughs> and that I was a piece of shit because I had done X, Y, and Z two years ago. I had to start going, yeah, you did those. Right. Get the fuck over it. Stop the, reminding the, people of the dumb shit you the did. The think and grow rich mentality is a man thinketh so he be. Manifestation. <laughs> It's the same thing, which is why I recommended that book. And you knew, like, yeah, you know how I am. As, you know how I am as far as manifesting, and yeah. so do you. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, 
manifestation. Like I get to the point of like manifesting like you said parking spots, parking and spots, shit, like, like crazy yeah. stuff. Like I'm I'm insane. But like a man think it's so he be. It's the same thing. You could think all day long positive, but again, I preach this to very close people in my life. If you do the same thing with negative, it's like if you it's say it's gonna rain, yes. it might not rain tomorrow. But three days later, when it's thunderstorming, don't don't come to me and say, or don't come to that person who you go to and say, "Well, I, I told you this." It's because you manifested that. But you know what's funny about the the headspace change? The people that go, "God damn, I got a photo shoot tomorrow. I bet it's gonna motherfucking rain on me." Right. The difference between those people and us is instead of going, "God bless me, it's gonna fucking rain and it's gonna mess my photo shoot up." You bring a fucking rain jacket <laughs> and you shoot under a bridge. You, you you adapt around the situation and then that photo shoot becomes one of the most successful that you ever fucking most had. Most of the time, yeah, it happens that way. It's the same as having, I sent you the post notes. We haven't talked about one of them. Not one. And this podcast is way better than if we would have gone <laughs> off the fucking I don't even know what they were. I didn't either. Yeah, I, don't I wrote down a couple fucking ideas, but again, I sent Nobody people... Sent me. I send people the show notes. No one cares about you. And I'm we very, very rarely use them because the natural talk is yeah. so it's much always, better. It's, yeah. Well, it's more impactful, too. You know? it's, it's, uh, what were we going to talk about? Let's see. Let's get into the podcast. Now that we've been talking <laughs> for God knows how long. Let's see. Is that thing recording? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it is? Yeah. Okay. That's why I know recording well, I know it rhythm. says, but there's no time moving. No, so that's because I learned that when you... So, like, I did the ads first. So, people heard about five minutes worth of ads before we started talking. And then the, the music plays, the intro music. And then it went in. So when you clip two points, at least on Adobe Premiere Pro, when you put two clips in, that time is showing the end of the song. And then it doesn't show you your active call time. So once I hit stop, it'll then show us how long we've been talking. So let's see. Uh, I don't even know where the fuck I put them. People who post... Workout content for years, looking no different, feeling no different, trying to motivate. That was a pet peeve I was having at the time. Um, people who do backdoor sales was a pet peeve I had. This, you know, the show notes are really just things that aggravate me throughout the week, uh, which is why I didn't talk about most Sounds of them. Sounds like that's a, a life happening to you. The it's other, it's, uh, the it's other, range of gears. well, the other part was, does everyone deserve a road to redemption? Does every person? Like that that so was the one I was with the Jussie Smollett thing. The, what was that? The, I listened to that, but what you was got the again? Bill Cosby. You got all this stuff that happens. My question was, does, so like Jesse Smollett, let's talk about him, because Bill Cosby's, that's shit, it's heavy. Jesse Smollett is an actor, he's an African-American gay man who is an actor on the show Empire, one of the biggest shows in in the world right now. Got it. He he faked a hate crime. He said that he got his ass beat by two white men wearing MAGA hats, said he got his ass beat, they called him the N-word, they called him gay stuff, all this stuff. It was fake. Complete bullshit. He he hired two... Big black dudes to kind of beat his ass enough to where he had some marks, but not enough where it actually fucking hurt him. And his goal was to ensue that this hate crime, this victim, he was a victim. Right, right, right. So that way when he went for salary talks, they would, he, pay, him more they would pay him more because now he's this polarizing figure kind uh, of, you know, because he had gone through so much. first of all, t- sorry to interrupt, but that's the love of money versus the love of It's not even that. Attention. That is the pure desperation of someone who's not willing to put the work in that's to saying. make their life what it needs to be right, to have that sort of like, success. What, what, 
what made him a better person or nothing what made people around him look at him and go you know yeah man no but you know what else didn't happen i guarantee the two guys you know he probably promised them money whatever he never told that that plan to enough people for someone to go hey that's fucking stupid right that's not he's got enough people he's got enough people in his group that are just like whatever folks that's the same thing with like the r kelly thing like you know how many people that were like but uh, now look at them well mm-hmm. now that the money dried up no but everybody's wrong well, no money. yeah but like at the time like he was doing so much wrong the people in the circle were like turning a blind eye almost and was like, well uh, they're getting paid well yeah that's what i'm saying you like, tell on him now your money goes away that's beside the point your question was does everyone does deserve- so jesse smallman he did one of almost one of the worst things you could do you trying to incite hate Right. And in a time where that is already prevalent against racism, political bias, you tried to use that emotional overreaction as a tool to further yourself. So you Do you believe that he himself, we don't know what's going to happen to him, I'm guessing he's going to spend some time behind bars. That's my guess. The you know Chicago PD, they really did not care for that kind of shit. Because they have enough problems to deal with. Right. Do you think he deserves to be at the platform he was again? So I'll go at it uh, two ways. Um, s- religiously speaking, we're all forgiven in the sure. yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. Uh, my other answer is absolutely. Yeah. Uh, because I've nowhere near created, like, I've never done something deliberately to create hate, mm-hmm. but, like, think about the things that you've gone oh, through. Oh, I have. You know what I mean? Like, I think about the things that you've gone through in your life. You, essentially, this is your I've said things and done things so that somebody didn't like somebody else. Right. I've so that. that's what I'm saying. Like, this is your forgiveness. With the, yeah. You have an audience now that actually, like, values what you say. Like, to me, that's your... Really I'm telling that story. Just like Liam <clears throat> Neeson right. told his story. When right. he told the story of, you know, obviously he was going to kill some black guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's saying, I'm so disgusted by yeah, this. Yeah, now, yeah. again... Jesse Smollett, it was on a bigger scale. He really But that's what I'm saying. Most people like even you go as far as like serial killers, like do they deserve a second chance? Everybody deserves a second chance, man. You can turn around. I've never believed well, I've never believed that like people say people don't change. I've never believed that. Because and Tater can vouch for this, the person I was ten years ago to the person I am now, literally a night and day. Like you could like I like this guy. Like ten years ago, ten years ago, ten years ago, I would have punched me in the mouth. And you guys talked about that in the first. You know, so everybody, I believe, deserves a second chance because everybody can change. It's the want of change, like you, you, like you are the alcoholism is the number one. Like, it's the hardest thing to quit. You know, it's the same thing with drug addicts or anything else. Like, that's the hardest thing to quit. But like, it's not necessarily nothing is hard to quit. It's the want to quit is the thing that gets people. So to me, it's it's the evaluation of the person. Say Jesse Smollett goes and he does three years in prison, right? Just say, if he goes into prison and comes out the same or worse, right. and he was the coolest guy in prison, okay, I've given you an opportunity to That's come what out I'm saying. and yeah. now create a podcast and a YouTube right. channel similar to mm-hmm. the Road to Redemption, where you're going, look, man, I fucked right. up. Well, look at uh, oh, you do that. Like Jordan know, Belfort, perfect yeah, example. Yeah. He banged a lot of people. Like well, he got money from people, like yeah. stole from people, pretty much. Fire Festival. Kid, mm-hmm. Fire Festival is a perfect. Now that guy's legally never allowed to be a part of a corporation or anything again. But he, he'll. I'm telling you right now, the will. mindset that that guy's he got, will. he's yeah. gonna come out with something else. Yeah. 
But that's the thing. You get another chance. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. <clears throat> Whatever. Like, that guy's going to get another chance. That fire Festival thing, by the way, like, off topic. That is nuts, man. Wild. Have you seen that yet? I, I know of crazy. it. Man, crazy. Like, and literally, that really dude. I know, like, all of my crushes. Just like, a full Hadid women. Oh, dude. Full on skim artist. I mean, that I mean, guy just... literally butt raped people. Literally. But I think he started it with the actual intention but that he was going to accomplish the thing he that's said what I'm he was saying. going to do. When, it went off the rails. He go, wasn't willing to let it go. So there's two ways to look at that one. Like, with his first company, Magnesis, like, it was. Which was the credit card. Yeah, the credit yeah. card. It was a scam. It's complete. Yeah. So you you question the guy's, you question his. his I think his intention anyway. was to use that money to actually make Fire Festival what it was supposed to. be. I think his intentions was, were sorry. Or to be rich. Um. Well, yeah, that. But like, looking at it from the insane marketing, whatever I am, like, yeah. oh man, and the app that 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 thing, like the app that they were trying to create, literal genius. Like Brilliant. that's that's Zuckerberg's stuff. You'll never. Those people are a dime a dozen to me, but <clears throat> you question his mentality because, like, oh gosh, like you're, you know, especially two, three weeks out, mm-hmm. he was not producing anything. And at that point, it's like, okay, we're gonna just send all this money back, which at that point he couldn't because he spent it all yeah. on parties and, and influencers and stuff. But when you got a dude willing to suck dick for water, you should pull the ripcord. <laughs> That's listen. Let's although, just say that. although they, uh, back to me being insane. Uh, me, me and my me and my old lady were watching this video and uh, watching this movie, and I was like, "That's the type of people I want to work for, man." <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, like, if listen, I do to... like for if Mike came to me and was like, "This is what we're gonna do." I, I mean, obviously, I wouldn't suck dick for water, but like, I'd be like, "Listen, like, I do a lot." You of would stuff. hope there would be somebody on the team. <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of people you want working for. Now, you. again, for me, if I've gotten to that place where that's where we are I'm, as the leader, I'm gonna go look, man. You're not doing. As a leader, like well, no. As a leader, it would never get to that point yeah. if I am. But like, it's just. But to me, the Jussie Smollett and the Fire Festival guy—they're similar because they saw what worked. They saw Rebel. that hate, outrage, culture would explode a platform to or a person to such a place of notoriety where he goes, "I can leverage that." Well, th- think about same thing the Fire Festival guy did with social media. Well, and, yeah, think about. I mean take away all the money that was needed to actually fund that festival that's a dream like to go to a a, a music festival with the top artists in the country at at the time yeah in the bahamas in a private villa yeah like heck yeah Decide man the that's genius the like, luxury. <laughs> like of course i will spend four and then days, you bring the biggest influencers you know, on social right media and then you get there. to meet them like of course and i would pay 50k yeah. if i've got 50k if i'm paying 50k it. to go like he was selling tickets for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. like oh it was and how insane. he still ran out of money with no shit on that island yeah, that, just I runs i don't get but that. like of course and that's the thing he wanted to be known as the guy that created that who would not on paper sure. write that down and at the end of that paper it says this was all created by Cam Williamson? You would be like, absolutely. It's the same thing Diddy did, but Diddy's worked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much it's the same thing. Like Coachella, I had read and it said in that thing, but like Coachella started out as like a shit show. Yeah. Like it started out as people sleeping on the ground, and now Coachella is one of the most luxurious. The difference was at Coachella, you knew in the beginning you were gonna sleep on the fucking ground. Right, and that, where at Fire Festival, it was not. Didn't. Yeah, if it, he yeah. advertised it as, hey. You're going to sleep on a tent, or in a tent, on the beach, but next to Kylie Jenner? People would fucking show up for that. But Kylie Jenner's not showing up. 
Kylie Jenner's not going to sleep on the beach. I mean, or her tent is going to be much bigger. Yeah, like it's going to be your tent plus 15 other tents. <laughs> but the point is, I, if, if say tomorrow my podcast was Joe Rogan status, I have, I have it in me that the day after I go back to drinking and I fuck my whole life away. Absolutely. That's a real possibility for me. So then I become the fire festival, the yeah. Justice Small. Like, what people I are mean, going, God, man, what happened to this guy? I mean, I don't know about like you going right. that status. Right. You're not going to go to jail. But for I'm it. right. But I'm saying, yeah, I could go to jail. Well, you but could. But I'm saying, like, like, that's not <clears throat> you. You turning back to alcoholism. If I went back to that, get got in a car accident and killed someone, they'd be like, God, man, this dude fucking that fell sucks. off. He knew yeah. better. Mm-hmm. His life is ruined. <laughs> right. You know, he he fucking knew better. So for me, coming from that place, I go, okay, look, these guys really fucked up. Yeah. Really fucked up. But if you come out after whatever, because oh, yeah. the, the hard part is, is like, you got to pay those dues, though. Yeah. you got to go. I've been two years in the justice system. Yeah. There. Or whatever. Toxaloks and yeah. shit in my car. You know, broke as fuck. You have to find a place where you go, look, I owe a yeah. debt to society. Yeah, yeah. Where I, this stuff is not life happening to me. Yeah. I created this. Like, I'm responsible for this. It's one thing for him to come out and say, oh, it was just a hoax, blah, blah, blah. I not really mean it. And so if it takes it. 10 years for Jesse Smollett to ever get an acting job again, then guess what? That happens. You that's weird. Out. You just said that. No. No, no, no. Um, that's weird. That... That's the thing. You have to be able to go, I earned this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I absolutely. earned what's yeah. happening to and, me. You know, like, but to, to go back to your question... I personally believe, and Terry can touch on it if you'd like, but yeah, everybody deserves a. I yeah, I mean, yeah, I followed what what was going on with Smollett Fire Festival. I'm kind of I'm hearing bits and pieces, you know, here and there. Like I kind of heard a little bit about it, but I didn't. Gosh, it was insane, man. But the Smollett thing, like I remember hearing about it when it first happened. It's like, oh god, like you know that really sucks. But then like the more the more the thing, the more that it unraveled, I'm like. Surely, God, this guy didn't do that. Like, you really all the times in the world. You know what's funny? I, I, and I just realized this talking to you. <laughs> that mindset that you just said that with is the same mindset that we talked about earlier about people thinking in that box. Like, surely God didn't work that and hard. I, and, but it's and, like, and, and, man, he and, fucking, he did, didn't he? Wow. Well, here's the thing. Like, I feel so stupid for saying that yeah. now. Because at, at this point in our history, it's like, <laughs> why are we even surprised at anything? Yeah, we shouldn't want? be. But at the same point, you hope to God and humanity right. that this motherfucker would mm. not yeah. do that. Go to that. But well, he, that's but the he thing. did. <laughs> but he but did. did. That's the thing, same thing with the fire festival. Me and Morgan were sitting there literally like, what? But see, I and like, another thing would come around and you're like, what the see, way? I believed that one because I've been in that situation. Mm. I've but been a part again, of the team. Where my boss yeah. was buying hundred thousand dollar things, that's what I'm saying. Making like, shit uh, look like it's all this stuff, and I'm in the background going, "Yo, this whole ship is sinking. What the fuck are we gonna right. do?" And they're going, "Hey, dude, you're family. You're a part of this. You need to fucking sack up. Keep the presentation there. Yeah, it's an iceberg. <laughs> you have to maintain the tip of that iceberg, even though underneath you're eroding at the bottom. That, that's what. That, it's just funny that, I, that that that's a comparison. Like the same thing that we think of, like the positive side, where like surely to God people wouldn't put in that much hard work to impact people, and it's like yeah, I will. But let's you know, call it. You flip flop that. Surely to God, somebody's not gonna do all that work to demo- like. Could completely destroy someone. Let's call it what but it they is. Did. Too. <laughs> but let's call it what it is too. Us as three 
straight white males, mm-hmm. it's not a good look Speak for, for me. Yourself. I'm just kidding. It's I'm totally not a good look for me to come out, especially with a platform, and go, this gay black dude's lying. Well, no. So you have to now again. There's some of that that should always well, like, be aired on the side of yeah, caution. You wanna, like you want to, especially if people have been victimized. Like you want to believe them. You want to empathize. But, but you, like, right. you know, it's like, dude, I, 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 I mean, hate that, that sucks, bro. Right? I hope you're okay. You know? And then, they and then it's like, will you just make that like why? But why? I don't you hope you're okay. But for me, like, and you can hear it. I don't know how many episodes. It, ago it was when the story initially broke i recorded a podcast that night mm-hmm. and i go i don't i don't want to say this but like that's yeah, horseshit it just doesn't add up like it and now just that you doesn't right, like when somebody put that yeah I, I think dad was the one that was telling me he's like when you really think about it like that story didn't add up and when to me the yeah, covington boys school thing didn't add up either there's yeah. too much <laughs> there was white catholic kids wearing maga hats with black Jewish rallies across the street. Yeah, and nobody ever talked about yeah. the visual. And then there nobody was a, a, a couple Indian dudes walking around with a drum. There's so, too much in that story for me to believe that that organically manifested itself on its own. So here's just something horrible. Um, this just shows you how um, pigeonholed I am as far as like the... I could have... like I even had to... Ask, I had to listen to the podcast to know... I don't even know that guy. But I, yeah, I found out uh, two days ago that MAGA is Make America Great Again. You really didn't know? You didn't know that? Heck no, man. I'm oh, not, wow. I don't listen to anything. Ooh. When I go for politics stuff, mm-hmm. I call up my twin brother over there. And I'm like, hey, man, what's going on with the world these days? Dude. And I ask, you can ask him. I ask probably every other month. <laughs> I fucking hate it because at my job, I have to have Fox News on oh, like, yeah. in my office. So you're so, a conservative piece of crap. Uh, and I have to I'm look at it all day long. And I have to make the... Oh, I have the awareness to go, okay, this is a conservative point of view that I'm being filled in my mind right. all day long with them telling me this is how it is. Yeah. So if I would have followed the Fox News, I'd have, good, I'd have said, good, fuck that piece of shit. Yeah. Fuck him, fuck him. I hope he burns in hell. Yeah. Wow. My first reaction was... I did. Those hot chicks on Fox News said that? Yeah. yeah I'm just kidding. My first reaction was that. Good. Fuck that guy. I hope he goes to jail. Afterwards, I had to look, what do I believe? Right. As somebody who's gone through it, been judged, made mistakes that were on a colossal level or could have been on a colossal level, you then have to go, okay, Fox News can judge this guy, but let's pull whatever that anchor's name. Let's put a microscope on her whole fucking life. And you tell me if everyone in America would be on your side throughout your whole story. Guess what? It wouldn't. Probably not. One of my favorite quotes is, the thing that would ruin you, you've already done it. The thing that would absolutely destroy your life and destroy the empire you, you're building, you've already done that. Thing. Absolutely. That's why I started my show, Road to Redemption, airing out all my dirty laundry. It was kind of selfish, No, but, I mean, but at the same time, when I hit to a point, nobody can then come back and go, did you know this motherfucker had three DUIs right, and went to jail right, right. and, you know, uh, after a deployment, didn't see his daughter for nine months? Like, you lean into the curve. And you go, hey, this is what I did. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to do these things. That's a good. Uh, but my my whole thing, I mean, I'm kind of with you. It's like I do believe at the at the end of it, like there is there's always room for redemption for people. Yeah. So yeah, I think what Smollett did really screwed up. But at the end of the day, like if there's a if there's an opportunity for redemption that you know he can come back from this, then sure. I mean. And it's I hope just, he does. I mean, you've heard of... Uh, I hope he does. You've heard of a lot of different... Uh, you know, there's a lot of those stories out there. Now. And I mean, they're, they're, 
what he did, I mean, granted, it's bad. Probably, probably not that big of a deal. Probably not the absolute worst thing he could have done. So It's the fear of what if. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Had, because here's the realness of, if you look at the whole story, had the Chicago police officers just by circumstance found two dudes wearing MAGA hats and they got them on camera that night and they were relatively in the area, they would put those fuckers in jail and he would have allowed them, two innocent people, to go to prison. Oh, so true. for that, you have to go, mm. Now, He's not looking at those individuals in jail every day. He's not thinking about what their families are going through. So you have to take the human aspect kind of out of it. Mm. But for me to go, okay, dude, here was your intention. Ooh, boy, you had a real chance to fuck some people. Mm. Fuck them hard. But see, yeah, that's... But he didn't think that far into it. No, it was a very clumsy plan. Right. Very clumsy. I mean, literally, you hired two ginormous black men to portray two white guys. And not just black guys, but, like, they were from Africa. Nigeria. And they're gigantic. They're humongous human beings. Yeah, these two white guys got me. What? But and You're also like, well, these two these two guys they come from Lagos, Nigeria. They also, <laughs> for whatever reason and whatever path they were on in their life, went, Okay, he's gonna give us thirty four hundred dollars. That was the extent of what they thought. Which I mean, is why these two guys are not gonna go to jail. To, to be not. honest with you, I'd whoop somebody's ass for thirty four hundred dollars. If you called me and said, Hey, I need to do this now again, today is a different story. Well, yeah. I would really rethink things today. Tyler, I'd kick your ass for twenty bucks. I was gonna say there's a there's a couple people in I this world. I guess gloves if you guys want. I don't think we need gloves. <laughs> but uh, there's a couple people in this world that if someone called me and said, "Listen, I need you to punch this guy in the face for a hundred dollars," I wouldn't think twice. I'm there. I'm like, <laughs> sure. I mean, I'd feel bad. I'd be like, "Listen, I'm really sorry, Cam." I'd have Taylor's giving me a hundred bucks. I'd have to know. I'd have to know who I'm hitting first. I'm just kidding. See, I'm different. I, I'm at the <laughs> point in my life now where I just want to be left the fuck alone. If you call me going, dude, I'll give you five grand to go tune this guy up. You know, you got some of the training now. Go, go tune this guy up. And by the way, which I'm sure he told these people, you're going to get away with it. Nothing bad's going to happen to you. Yeah, see, I would still true. go, you know what, dude, I fucking, I got CBD. Well, I could roll one right well, now. The thing is, I like, could these, blow it in the air and say, guys, fuck all this. These guys, I mean, they're not going to face any criminal charges. Or the two guys like won't, no. But I don't think anybody will ever take them seriously. Yeah. It's like, they're actors, right? But so, in six months, do you think anybody will remember those two faces? I think next week nobody's going to remember No. No, yeah. those two kids, if they wanted to, they could go get hired on a TV show, and in six months you'd be like, that guy kind of looks like the, you know, the whatever. But she wouldn't say that, because then you would be saying that all black people look alike, and you'd be like, well, I'll just keep that shit to myself. <laughs> so, again, it's all going to go away, just like the fear that nobody wanted to say that this gay black dude was making up a story. Fair enough. It can dissolve into itself that same way, I because, think so. again. The fear so. of what could be. Again, if Jesse Smollett comes out of jail and applies for a job, am I going to say you shouldn't hire him because of what he used to be? Right. No, because I'm a white guy and I have privilege and also I've been a piece of shit in my life. I can't say that. <laughs> right, right. I've been a piece of it's shit. It's easy to judge people sitting from a high horse. It's yeah. easy to sit on top of this, oh, look at me judging on you instead of really turning a reflective eye on yourself and going. And that's very true. That's, that's so true. Yeah. Which is something we need to stop doing because the only reason he thought he was able to do what he did mm-hmm. was because there are people who want to sit up on that mountaintop yeah. and go, fuck you and everything you say. It's not possible that you could say things as a joke. It's not possible yeah. that you could say things because guess what? 
some of it is true. I mean, there, you, you can't just say things anymore, and that's kind of we're at a dangerous spot. But that's a whole other episode. Yeah. As to the the almost mandatory censorship that you yeah, have to see, have. That's my thing. I, I'm just I'm gonna just hang out, do my thing. Why? Well, and people ask me all the time, like, dude, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? For me, for me, the way I operate, rolling up my CBD, sitting in here, smoking, recording the podcast, getting my shit out on paper. That's not for everybody. But I believe that it's for enough people that it could positively affect my life, my family's life, and the people who choose to listen. Right. I'm good with that. Well, I mean, think about like... I don't need to judge Jussie Smollett and and do that to make my life better. Think about, I mean, think about Joe Rogan. Think about all the stuff that all the people on his podcast, obviously, like... I know people that don't like listening to Joe Rogan. Yeah. You know, like... Oh, yeah, there are people that fucking hate Joe Rogan. Yeah, like, They think he's a racist. I they think, think the he's a big... Awesome, because man. he says the N-word openly on his shit. Right. Now, again, would I? No. Only because I understand how yeah. one person may... But he isn't using it for Jordan. No, he doesn't. He doesn't, which is why I don't get offended by it. Right. But also, I don't have a great-grandfather who I have pictures of with scars all over his body. Right. That's not in my realm. So I choose not to judge the people that may be offended by that. But at the same time, I just go, yeah, not my... CBS? Yeah. All right. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's one of those things, man. I just, I love the space that we're in, especially, again, we'll go, take it back to podcasting and then we'll roll it out. I don't know if you guys got a roll. Um, Another hour. I love that we can get on this mic... And we can sit and we can talk. And also that people can disagree with what we're saying. Mm-hmm. Because people have the opportunity to go, Cam, you're a fucking moron. Guess what? Create your own fucking podcast Good for about you. how I'm a moron. Good for you, James, in yeah. Ohio. Good for you. And I've had it. I had just the other day. And, and you guys can both probably talk on this. I don't know if you would really have any experience in this area. Maybe you do and you'll have you a cool surprised. story. Yesterday, two days ago, I posted a video up of my kickboxing shit. Some guy who doesn't follow me, who just found me through a hashtag, sees this video, and he comments, keep your fucking hands up. Because when I was, when I was working, it was him. I, no, I, I did say that, though. Did you? I was like, man, you need to keep your hands up. Keep your fucking hands up. To me, right, I know what I'm doing in the space. I'm not actively fighting someone. I'm, I'm more worried about the technique. But me, as someone who doesn't take criticism well, I'm like, fuck that guy. Even though he's right. He was right. He was right, and I should have kept my hand. Good job, James, in Ohio. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> so, but with this podcast, I get the same thing. Yeah. Cam, dude, why the fuck do you do this? Why do you cuss so much? What do you do? Because that's me, and also, I'm just showing you who I was in that moment. Right. I'm not claiming that I was perfect in that moment, but I get frustrated as balls when someone goes, keep your fucking hands up. But it's because, it's not because, <laughs> it's, so I, it's not because you want me to be better. Right. That's not why oh, you no, want me to keep my hands up. You wanted to comment that so the people in the comment thread saw you say that and police me up. That's why I didn't say anything because I was going to text you and be like, hey, man. Keep your fucking hands up. Love your, I love have, you're doing. But I have a professional fighter that I hang out with yeah. relatively often. And every time he sees me, he fucks my life up over my technique. I'm not a professional fighter. So I listen to him as someone I respect and I go, okay, yes, I take all that in. And I try to apply it when I'm in kickboxing or Muay Thai. But then at the same time, when I don't do it flawlessly, I'm like, eh, not a professional fighter. But if fighter. you're not going to be a professional fighter, it really doesn't make any difference. Right. I, I kind of had something similar to that. I was yeah. curious if so, you would have anyone that would be like, dude, that's not what a vampire would look like. or that's, uh, Vampires yeah. don't talk. What vampire would say that? Not really, but I, every now and then, 
so the, it's actually two things. Every now and then I get somebody that will just kind of come up to me and be like, you know, you ought to do... Which, oh, yeah, if somebody gives me, like, opinion. story ideas, like, hey, maybe you should do an episode about, um, <laughs> you know, a troll monster or something. I think that'd be really cool. It's like, okay, that's an interesting thought. Because, yeah. you know, I could all, I can, I'm always open to different kinds of monsters or folk tales. But that just gives you a perspective you may right. not have had before. Exactly. Because, you know, I need that kind of content anyway. But every now and then I'll, like, I'll get advice from somebody. They'll just be like, man, you ought to, like, do your show like this. You know, maybe, like, I remember somebody suggested that I literally break the fourth wall and just, like... Talk to the audience as... Like, basically, like, in a comedic twist, like, reveal that I'm actually Taylor Gentry. Like, Not and, to count. Yeah, and I'm like... That ruins the whole... I'm like, no. That yeah. ruins the whole point of the show. Yeah. Hey, I had a mentor, Greg Arnold. Mm-hmm. Love him to Great be. man. Great guy. Great man. He always told me that the first two weeks of me doing a... a I'll never make that short. Um, the first two weeks of uh, me meeting him, it said, "Listen, man, you got a vision. You stick to it, because everybody will want to run your business like you. Oh my or god, everyone will want to run your business. I mean, fuck, dude. I mean, everyone. How many people give you their opinion? Hey, uh, if I was doing what you were doing, this is how I would do it. It's like, no, that... yeah, but you're also not fucking doing it, right? No, I get that. I get that a lot, and I'm not um, you. You take I... it with a grain of salt, man. And then sometimes, like, I get. Like, I had somebody come up to me, he's like, you should have this person on your show. And I looked him up, and it's like, they were, they weren't exactly, like, horror-related. They were, they were like, death metal. Mm. And, like, they so you could find a commonality there, but it would be a, a little bit, stretch. but then, yeah, and it's like, I, I don't know. It, it, it didn't, I find, I find, I find guests that interest me. Yeah. Um... So, you know, I, I, I talk to actors. I talk to... Um, right. You know, I actually just recorded an interview from a, an actress. She lives in L.A. now, but she was born and raised in South Africa. Very See, cool. they See, now that's, and, a, and that's she, a cool perspective. And she has, like, her film credits are super impressive. Like, she's in the sequel to I Spit on Your Grave, mm-hmm. which is a very, very popular well-known I've never heard horror exploitation horror film. So she's going to be in that, and I think she was also in... I'd have to look again. She may, she, she, I think she was in like a Blumhouse horror film, so like The Conjuring or something like that. It's like, yeah, she was in, like, she's got some really interesting credentials. So, like, I find her interesting. And then, you know, some of the filmmakers I've had on the past, like Anthony Rouse and Joshua Kennedy and Michael Neal, like, they make really great films, but they're also really good people. So I love to promote their work. Well, let's talk about that. Okay. Tyler, I'm sure you'll have an interesting perspective on this, only because I've worked in this space with you a little bit. Oh, Collaborations. Mm-hmm. Collaborating with other people. Do you have people that are offered up to you or offer themselves up to you that are like, hey, dude, we should do something together now? In podcasting, mm-hmm. that's the best. Mm-hmm. When you collaborate with others and you get to use their audience and they use yours... That's how this shit works. Mm-hmm. Really, collaboration and being consistent in your posting time and being a talent, being able to do this, yeah. that's really all you need. Right. You can improve production value, mm-hmm. but the people you collaborate with can really make you or break you. Because if mm-hmm. you have an episode, like say you took the death metal guy, maybe the best episode you ever had. Mm-hmm. But if you don't take your artist, which is what you are, mm-hmm. and you don't listen to your gut and go, ah, man, I don't think we should do this. Yeah, I just I mean, think it's... it could go... Too many ways that are south to southwest. You know, either way, I don't see this going well. Right. But you feel bad by going. I mean, I just don't think. 
I mean, you know, I've, off of all of the collabs that I've done, like it's it's always worked out. Well, it's no, not necessarily worked out because I've put faith in a lot of people that just let me down too. But same here. It, it, I go off my gut. Yeah, like I, we're doing a ambition's gonna be doing a collab in, at the end of the month, end of March with a DJ, like a good DJ in Nashville. Yeah. And we're putting his logo all over the shirt and putting our logo on it, and it's gonna be sick. And what you did for me, my shirt's yeah, gonna be yeah, on yeah. yeah. So like, it, it's just you know, and that for perfect example, it didn't work out as great as we anticipated. Yeah, we didn't it worked get out. We didn't get it, orders, but right? But it worked out, but it didn't work out like. But I learned a lesson in that. Exactly, mm-hmm. so I learned big lessons. That's in that that's day. my thing. Is like even with this thing with this DJ, you know, like. Mm-hmm. I I mean yeah, it could be the dopest collab ever, and and I have a vision for it, which is why I even agreed to yeah, it. Yeah, you wouldn't have entertained. I wouldn't. Have, yeah, so I have a vision for it, but it could also cost a couple hundred dollars you know like i don't want to lose a couple hundred dollars. he doesn't want to lose a couple hundred dollars and nobody wants to lose a couple hundred dollars same here um you know i've had a lot of really great people who i've had had the chance to collaborate on certain episodes then there were times where you know we arranged something and then on the other end they kind of fell through for me Um, i've had that happen with like a couple of folks who at the time had larger audiences than I did and I was like hey you know would you like to do some voice work for an episode and they were like sure and it's like okay well this is kind of when I need it by if you can kind of get me get get this to me this week Mm. we'll be good I wouldn't hear anything from them after that see that to me chaps my fucking balls I mean it does but if if you have agreed to work on a project with me and I've given you a deadline because to me in my realm now this is selfish I have to be. I have to have my episode posted by Sunday at nine o'clock to be consistent. So if you're sending me your audio at Sunday at eight thirty, I'm fucked because I have two and a half hours now that I have to edit and clip well, and, and and that, that right there falls in the same thing we were talking about earlier, which is things. Yes, it can chap your ass, but yes, it, but it can't. It can't keep you from doing anything. It still is what it is. I mean, you, you still got to you got to lean with the curve. Put like, it if together. You don't, and, you're like, ah, oh well, we'll just. Well, it. I, and I've had to do that before. Yeah. Have now you more because you you're mm-hmm. not yet into the realm where you've interviewed a lot of people. Have you ever interviewed someone that the interview, whether you had to restart it and, and do it over again, where the interview was fucking painful to sit through? A couple times. That is not something but, easy to. Overcome. But well, the thing is, those particular interviews that I'm talking about, I never published them. I did. I, I have one that was published, and I. Pulled with every public speaking, human resource management, every tool in my toolbox, I fucking used it. <laughs> Trying to get this person to just talk. <clears throat> just tell me what I'm asking. When I ask <clears throat> you a question, answer and right. give me some fucking detail. Give me something that I can go off of. Not and it's, just, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, no, yeah, I worked really hard on that. Right. And then it's fucking dead silence. You're like, yeah, well, you know, what was that process like? Oh, man, you know, it was fucking tough. Yeah, but you, and you're like, God bless America. Like, yeah. even if I hit the pause button and told this person, like, okay, look, that was fucking brutal. Yeah. <laughs> when I ask you something, give me as much detail as you can. Yeah, literally. So if they don't have that in them to be that storyteller, to be that personality, you... One, that episode is hard to listen to, but do you know what that does to an interviewer? What that teaches you? What that... So then when people listen to your show 10 years later, your Mm -hmm. early episodes are like, yeah, blessed. And fortunately for me, I've been blessed. I've had just about all of the folks that I've had on Count Drahoon 
have ended up becoming friends of mine. That's good. Like this is a way for me to meet friends, and and I did, and and it, you can definitely see that. Like it, 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 they, you know, these folks love coming back because they enjoy the time that they're on the show. Um, a matter of fact, I had the privilege of interviewing a guy uh, last year. Uh, who he's got a podcast called Not Alone Podcast. Um, uh, his name is Sam Fredrickson, and he told me after the interview, he's like, "Man, this is the funnest interview I've ever done." He's like, "This was this was so cool. Like, I you got a really good thing going here." Um, but there was this one interview I did. I never published it, and I won't say their names. And to be honest with you, I kind of forgot their names, but. I don't think they did. Sick burn. I don't think that they ever... Suck on that interview. I don't think they did any homework mm. on what the show was or what it was about. Sure. So, and it was an international call. I, they were calling in from Canada. Yeah. And... He's got an invoice for you so for, that, the, for that phone bill. So the connection was bad. That's on, always fun. Uh, that was one thing. And the other thing was, like, they, they didn't get it. Like, they didn't understand that they were talking to somebody who was portraying a character. a character. And it's like, on the one end, like, I understand they couldn't talk a whole lot about their movie. Because I deal with, with folks that are making movies and they can't talk yeah. about it because of non-disclosure agreements sure. and stuff like that. But there's ways around it. Like, yeah. you can give me details and, you know. And I asked them really simple questions. Like, what's your favorite movie? You know, your favorite horror movie? And they were just like... I really like Whoa. Mission Impossible. Whoa, that's like, a really hard question. I wasn't expecting it. It's like... You don't know how to talk right to now? someone. Like, yeah. like seriously, like the, if you're if you're an actor and a filmmaker, like your favorite movie, or you're like at least like your favorite five movies, like that's off the top of your head. I'm not. Oh, man. either of those, and I can name. Or those. give me a movie that you watched most recently and say it's your fucking favorite. Yeah. Let's talk about it. <laughs> give me no, some. That was a painful interview, and it was one of those things. It's like I did ask them to call in again because we needed to re-record because the audio was so bad. And honestly, it was one of those things. It's like you know, it did work out. Probably a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that was really the only time. And you know, I've had some interviews that may have been a little bit easier than others. There were some that I was just dreadfully nervous. Um, I was really nervous about the Christopher R. Mim interview because that was probably one of the first. Well, I shouldn't say that because really everybody is big in their own right. Um, but. You know, Mim, Mim was a big deal in the classic monster community, so I knew that I was going to leverage a lot of people from that niche. Yeah. Um, and then Sam Fredrickson had a really big uh, following. Josh Kennedy's got a pretty... And Anthony Rouse has got a pretty big following, too. But, <laughs> and I mean this as a compliment, but I've interviewed Rouse so many times that... It's like, know, it, it's, like it's Yeah, and, even, and, I, and it's funny because, like, one of the interviews we did, I totally screwed up on it. I'm like, buddy, we're going to have to re-record. He's like, all right, man, no problem. No problem. So we, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think, I want to urge people, you guys can go back. I don't remember what episode it was. I think it was, again, in the single digits, episode six, was our first interview, the three of us sitting together. If you go and listen to that episode and then listen to this one, you would see a dynamic change. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think you Even would. Even in the audio. Really? Yeah. I think the the way that we talk, the way mm -hmm. that the stories have flown, the way that just the episode has flown, I think you feel that it's way more smooth. It's it's mm -hmm. as polished out naturally. I don't oh, have to edit uh, any of this. Uh, you're Okay, I'm sorry. I, you you're talking about just like the the this podcast, like as a yes. whole. Like, oh yeah, yeah, no, there's always a huge yeah yeah. Like my yeah. first the first episode of Captain Green's Feature of Right, as opposed to like the last audio story we did, Brandy Depth. 
a monumental difference. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and you fall, you fall into your own. Yeah, so you, you, do. you, you gotta get a groove. You stop doing things that are kind of off-brand. Mm-hmm. You stop doing collaborations with people when you're like, when, you know, I get it all the time. People DM me, hey man, I'd love to be on your show. And it's like, oh yeah, let me look at your profile. You're a 17-year-old fucking kid. What the hell are we going to talk about? Like, yeah, well... It's going to be something. me telling you to stay in school, don't do drugs. Like, what the fuck am I going to tell you? Like, That's I, something that I'm learning from y'all and, and other people as far as that goes, as far as the interview process goes. Is, that's just something I got to keep. And it's something I'm still I'm improving on. Yeah. I mean, I'm better now than I was the very first interview, but mm. even still, like, I, I re-listen to it all whenever. By the way, I have a great sound mixer, Aaron Trimble. And I do not. Ph- phenomenal. You still do a good job. Great job, Cam. Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, Aaron, um, whenever he sends me the episode back, like, I listen to, you know, my interview with that, you know, this person. The interviews I do with folks I've had before are, to me, are usually better because, like, I'm comfortable. Like, if something goes wrong... I know that I can record with them. Yeah. You know, it's all going to be good, and right. they kind of understand that. You know, I'm, I may stumble in my words. I'm going to need to start over again, and they're fine. But I get super nervous when it's like a one-time deal. Like when I'm, you know, you can't. Like David Cummings, the he's the host of uh, the No Sleep podcast, which is a pretty big horror podcast. Right. What was like, the one that had boobs in the title? That was uh, Matt Desideria. He was the guy with the Horror Collective. He does... Uh, what was the name of... I forget how Boobs came into play. No, that's the name of his organization. It's called Horror Boobs. Horror Boobs, that's it. Uh, they, do, they do showings in New York. They talk about... Um, How many boobs are in horror? No, just like... No, they, he they literally show, has nothing to do with boobs. It's no, just, they show... The well, they show, thing. like, rare, obscure horror and exploitation films. So, if you're... If, you fought, if you're into that kind of thing, a lot of those movies have a lot of nudity. Nudity, okay. Well, violence. So that's well. I mean, shit. Look at the like the uh, Rob Zombie. Yeah, but that's why he, like, that's why the name of the organization is called Horror. Boobs. That motherfucker. Right. Yeah, some of his movies, you're like, um, but um, but you know, like, think you know, interviews like that, I, it, especially a first time meeting. So like, I was a little nervous with uh, this actress. I was also like really sick and ducked up on medicine, so <laughs> probably not in my best state of mind. But, you know, it is a little nerve-wracking for me because it's like, okay, I have to be the character, but at the same time, I'll have to also have to make sure my equipment's working and, you know, the pacing's good and all that. There's, like, a lot of factors that are running through my head. Yeah. And I'm also trying to have a, a decent conversation with this person. And on the other end, like, you know, in between the show, like, whenever, you know, when we're first getting started and when we end, you know, I, I'm trying to develop a rapport with these people because I'm also social network. Yeah, I'm meeting new contacts. So well, that's very difficult as well. So like, especially in the early stages, like for me, it's just me here in the studio. <laughs> so where I've had you to help me click the camera, for me, it's usually me. Mm-hmm. I have to look in the in the mirror to see if the camera shut right, off, right. reset the camera, mm-hmm. make sure that you know whatever, and that I'm talking and holding a normal thought process. And by doing all those things. I don't pay attention to the fact that there's a fan blowing right. and just yeah, fucking you, my audio. You, you'd be surprised how how much you you miss. Oh yeah. Um, it's or that sometimes you just do something like mm-hmm. like I I was drained. I had been on the road for nine and a half hours. I came home. I was sick as balls. I smoked CBD and I got so relaxed. 
and then I was literally on a podcast like this. Hey, hey guys, and I'm going a million places that a sleep deprived brain would go. Yeah, and I watched that episode back, and that was the one where the fan was blowing. And I'm like, why in the fuck did I publish that episode? But you gotta publish it, and you have to laugh at it. You know, you gotta laugh at it. So let's let's break it down. Let's tell people what do you got going on, Tyler? What do you got going on? Oh boy, this is my favorite part. <clears throat> uh, um, Ambition on. Threads is a motivating lifestyle brand empowering individuals to be the best version of themselves. Which, so. if you watch the YouTube video, you should be able to see a few examples. Tyler yep. rocking the hoodie. I got a shirt on. Yep. I had the hat on. Yep. Um, a lot of cool things coming out. Hoodies restock next week. I actually uh, wore a t-shirt, an Ambition t-shirt in the movie yesterday. Oh, did you? Cool. You're welcome. Awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah, man. Started a while ago doing some... Do you have one on right now? No, I got my ACD shirt. Even better. AC, AC um, but yeah, a lot of cool stuff's coming up with that. We're gonna do a uh, next month. We're gonna do a crop collection for the females, and uh, like I said, with that collab with the DJ. And I just want to, man. I, again, I say this lightly, but I, I just want to make it the biggest and best clothing brand in uh, that's come up in the last few years. So there's a lot of big plans <clears> with that. Um, obviously, uh, Tether helped me record the podcast, which I gotta get you an interview on. Tether's gonna be to on. There's a lot of. Is it just you talking or both of you? No, talking? it's just. I mean, he. I put in. I, yeah, I put in like a, a couple. Words here. <clears throat> it's cool. It's He's the audio engineer, and he fed you exactly. Okay. Yeah. So. Which is good when you have somebody who has yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is why I wanted him to do it. He um, might have pulled you out. So of that podcast, that podcast, just to kind of give you a little glimpse. It's, the first one's gonna be. It's roughly my story and where I see it going, and it's mainly mm-hmm. entrepreneur stories and stories that just impact me, and that kind of coexists with the brand. Um, How long are you expecting each this episode first episode? To be? The first ex- it's episode, not even half an hour. yeah, oh, okay, I was gonna sure. say it's probably yeah. ten minutes. So it's a not quick snapshot. It's, yeah. it's about twenty. Oh, it's, it's okay. closer to twenty. So it's about twenty minutes. It's and a highlight of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then uh, you got to factor in music too. Right, yeah, yet. I got that, but yeah. Be careful, um, copyright on podcast. Right. I've got an ambition song, so it's not copyrighted. Oh, yeah, that one. That Marcel yeah. one. Yeah. Oh, cool. So, um, that and then it's the eventual goal is to, and I don't know when this will happen, but I'm going to do interviews with entrepreneurs, and also it's going to be a Motivation Monday thing with me doing those. Same thing with I do on my personal Instagram. So yeah, yeah. As far as you know, motivating topics that I motivate on as far as, you know, enjoying the process and things like that just because those are things that I looked into when I was doing my journey as an entrepreneur so I wanted to kind of to kind of do that um, you're going to kill it in the podcast space I hope so for the love of God so. be consistent yeah 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 that's going to be the hardest part just because I'm so because if you come consistent with it people will listen I hope so I hope so I've gotten a lot of feedback from it so that'll be that'll be cool um, yeah so that's the ambition side uh I'm also the marketing director for Nutrition Factory still, so that's a lot. Um, we got a lot of crap coming. We actually got a, a store in Clarksville coming soon, so you'll be able to get yourself a mitten CBD yeah. needs. Well, you, you can't do CBD? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I've whenever got you, you got all them, but yeah, whenever supplements or whatever you need as far as that goes. Um, and Nutrition Factory's killing it, man. We've 11 stores in 14 months, or 14 stores, <coughs> excuse me, 12 stores in 14 months. We're projected 20 by the end of the year. Um, that's a that's a full time job. That's a lot. Work. It's a lot of fun, man. I got a lot of good people around me. We built a good team. Mike Myers is crushing it. Yeah, learning too much, honestly. Um, and yeah, at Ambition Threadscale on Instagram, at Ambition Podcast. We started that. Um, at underscore Tyler T Y L O R Gentry G E N T R Y. And all the links for these. Will be yeah, there. Nutrition Factories Factory with a K F A K T O R Y. And man, I just want to. 
in closing, Canvassing's awesome. I listen all, I listen when I can listen, um, which is not as much as I want it to be, but it's awesome. You're still killing the game. Appreciate Same you. Same thing I say every time. Yeah, appreciate you. Taylor, what you got for him? Right. your dates, because you got some dates coming up here. Well, not officially yet. Uh, I'm waiting on uh, final confirmation from uh, from a few places. Right now, I can... I have two for sure um, venues that are going to host uh, a Count Drahoon live show this summer. That's awesome. Um, right now, I'll go ahead and tell you the names of the organizations. Right now, uh, I'm working with uh, Spooky's Pizza. In, uh, they're going to be opening up a second location in Wartrace, Tennessee. Um, they're actually opening it at the uh, Walking Horse Hotel in Wartrace, which uh, is one of the most haunted spots in America. That's I wouldn't be at that one. Uh, <laughs> so we're um, we'll be performing there hopefully in June. Um, I just we uh, I told uh, Joe Peters, the manager, that I'd call back in March to actually schedule a date to where we were uh, going to perform there. And then I've also been working with a new uh, nonprofit organization in Murfreesboro called Radical Arts, and we're in the uh, we're in the process of uh, nailing down the date for our show there. So I know. F- I can. I think I can safely say that I know for sure I will be performing for those two entities sometime, mm-hmm. hopefully in June or July. Uh, and I'm waiting to hear back from two other theaters in Murfreesboro, uh, Murfreesboro Little Theater and Center for the Arts. I'm waiting for them to give me uh, essentially final confirmation uh, on whether or not we'll be performing there. With MLT, they did ask me for a date. I gave them one tentatively. Hopefully, we will be performing there on June 21st, but that isn't confirmed yet, so I'm waiting to hear back from them on whether or not that'll work or not. And hopefully, if June 21st won't work, we can actually negotiate a date that will. Sure. Um, so, The so, podcast. So, yeah, no, the, the podcast, uh, like I said earlier, we're kind of in this weird transition right now. I'm basically moving over to a new site so I've actually got a new RSS feed that's up. Okay. Um, so if you if you happen to listen to Count Drahoon, um, there will be links uh, in the show notes page to switch over to the new RSS uh, feed. Oh, that's important. Yeah, so go ahead and do that. Pay be- attention to yeah, that. Because by May 10th, we will not be broadcasting out of our old RSS feed. Gotcha. Um, still trying to do two a month, um, which typically I put out an episode on the 10th and the 25th of every month. Uh, here lately we've been kind of missing the mark a little bit but we are still consistently having two, two episodes month, yeah. or two postings a month. So uh, Tentatively. Yes. Uh, so we're trying to get back to normal during this whole transition process that and you know the live shows. Also, I did forget to mention, we I do for sure have two dates I can give you. We're going to be pr- doing two live shows at uh, two conventions in the fall. Uh, we're going to be at the Imperial Collectors Convention uh, September 13th through the 15th in Nashville. And we're also going to be at Imaginarium Convention in Louisville, Kentucky, October the 13th through the 15th. Perfect. So we will be performing for those two conventions for sure. And there's going to be like like 4,000 people between those two conventions. So it's a big deal. That's <laughs> huge. Uh, but um, for updates... Uh, Go to FeatureFright.com. Uh, that's where you can find Count Drahoon's Feature Fright. I'm also on iTunes. Uh, pretty much anywhere you can listen to podcasts, YouTube, uh, social media, at Count Drahoon. Uh, also on Twitter. If you give us a like on Facebook, 
And if you want to, I'm not really pushing it as much as the Count Drahoon stuff. I do have my own personal Instagram. It's the Taylor Gentry. It's just me taking pictures with my dog. So that's more or less what it is. A few selfies. Right, there's a few selfies there. But definitely follow at Count Drahoon. That's... I've almost got more followers on Count for Him than I do my personal page. So hopefully by March, like look it up, people, give him a shout. Yeah, yeah. come on, like I gotta have more people following Count for Him. I think it's fun to me. follow the man behind the scenes, especially someone like you who portrays a character. I think it's fun to oh, yeah, watch for sure. the real life side of it. Well, it's not as fun for me because I have to live, yeah, and you're in the selfies too sometimes. Yeah, so. yeah. Sometimes. while you were laid up in in your hernia couch, Listen, man, yeah. that's brutal. Alright, so for me, um, I hate doing this to you guys. We got we got a few things that are coming up that I cannot talk about. Contracts are in the works, things are being moved around, but we got a lot of big things coming for you guys and in the next year we are looking to do live shows cool. across the You're country. closing in on That's Honda. Awesome. You're closing in on Honda, Honda Honda episodes we've got planned for March nineteenth. Uh you two, couple Whoa. other people will be back. Just leaked. Whoa. Oh, was it was it March or May? I think it was May. May nineteenth, you two, a couple other people will be back in the studio. We're gonna be doing like a grand hundredth episode where we've got everybody who I enjoy and have the logistic capability of having them physically in the studio with me um, is going to be here. But again, we're, we're making a push to do live shows, and it'll be set up where I talk, I do a regular episode for 30 minutes, and then we do kind of a Q&A, hey, this is what's going on in my life, give me your perspective, cool. and if you disagree, great, <laughs> give me your disagreement, we'll talk it out all together, you know, it'll be kind of like this. This podcast was roughly two and a half hours um, you guys already know at Kim Williamson official on Instagram, Road the Number Two Redemption Podcast on anywhere you can find podcasts, including the video version, um, which it will be on YouTube at Kim Williamson official. With that, guys, we love you. Tyler's making hand signs that you can't see because the camera died, and with that, we are out.